What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. A binge-worthy show about Jesus? The Chosen Season 3 is here. Come and see what the buzz is about. The Chosen explores the imperfect and messy relationships of real humans following Jesus. All Season 3 episodes are available now. Stream every episode for free. Plus, watch exclusive content like the After Show, only in the new Chosen app. Download the Chosen app on mobile and TV streaming devices. Visit BingeJesus.com to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Talk to Keiki. We are about 75% done with the season already. Are we? Like 70. We've got like four, something like four more, I think. Four to five more. I guess you could say like 65, 70. Yeah, well, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. That's the important thing. Time is a flat circle. Uh, nothing got Nothing got postponed. That we know Woo! this week yet. Woo! One one comes back. We add one, even though we shouldn't have. Well, mine was cheers, delayed. Buddy. Mine was delayed. Yeah. Uh, I'm Matt, and to join me, as always, Ethan. What's up? Gokikenyo, Makun, Genki Deska. Pain. Life is paid. Itai, dosta. Itai, because you know the tattoo. Hey, it's the first time on camera. It's nice and shiny too. Well, I just put the ointment on it. So. You know, it's like interesting when you do it like that. Like half of it looks like like a tribe's like like a tribe bird. I'm then, like, I'm the you, tribal chief now. <laughs> yeah, you're the tribal chief, and that's a fucking huge tattoo. When you do it this, it, was it the it other is. way? You did it like the opposite way. Yeah, yeah. From there I, it looks like like the the Nazi bird. Which, by the way, I think that I've, I, I've obviously everybody, you know, it's obviously horrendous what they did, but like the symbolism in the in the bird. It's just that's a beautiful fucking image of a bird. I'm sorry, the bird that's on like, you know what I'm saying? It's a beautiful fucking image to me. I'm sorry. Well, it's not supposed to be a Nazi bird. Well, it's not supposed to be a Nazi bird, but we attribute it to be a Nazi bird. Oh, you did. Well, I just did. It's, nice, it's a nice fucking drawing of a bird. Okay. It is. It's it's cool. I like it. I got another week and a half for it to heal. I'm gonna get my first one come next month. I think. All right. Good luck with that. It'll be small. It won't be that fucking emo. 
when I get the one on my leg of the Empire State Building, oh, I know that one's gonna be like yours. That's gonna suck, dude. Yeah. Well, this well this took me well this took almost four hours. So really? Yeah. Oh wow! I would have thought it would have taken longer. I thought so too, but no, he he did it all in that. Uh, shout out to 100 Candles and Saint Albans. Mm. Thank you, John. You did a fantastic job, and I'll, I'll definitely come back to you in the future. How high were you? Uh, not really. And it turns out if you're drunk or high, it's extra sense. So don't do that. That makes sense. So it's more painful when you do it. Mm. So I would not like to do that. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, basically, the outline was the only one that was like that hurt the most because he has to. Don't dig they say the shading? Don't they say the shading hurts the most? No, the outlining because he for that they gotta like dig a little deeper mm. when they're doing it. That's what he said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, so so that was uh that was pain for like forty five minutes. Oh, dude, I can imagine. Uh, I I didn't scream. I just laughed Weren't it a baby off. Baby back, bitch, with it. No, I was just laughing like. <laughs> no, you really like, like a crap, huh? Yep, I wore just cross my legs like nope. We're not. Doing you will this. not get in these cheeks today. No, yeah, sir. no way. No, no way, Jose. No, sir. You know what's funny? I almost wore my Bullet Club shirt today. As your, I was grabbing the random shirt. I was like, oh, wait. I, I was going to put on the hoodie, but I was like, oh, shit. I got to put the ointment on, so that's not going to feel good. That. Probably not. No, I had to do that for half of my morning. I forgot. I like, oh, yeah, you'll be fine. And it's, it's like gross in my hoodie, like scraping the sleeve inside. Mm, well, good thing so it's black. Like, so I got a... Yeah, I had to get... Yeah, I just had to wrap it in saran wrap. Luckily, a customer helped me out with that and did that for me. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, yeah, I was like, I can't take it anymore. So I was like, do you have saran wrap? It's like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Like, oh. Nice. So I felt a lot better after bitching. And then it pulled up the next hours. day, and it looked like a fucking... Dr- Yo, what was that like when you peeled off the saran wrap? Like, it was just like, just bloody, just fucking gusher? Did it look did it, uh, did not, your, did your it look a like a John Moxley match? What no, no, like? no. There, there, there was a lot of dry blood, like the upper part of the forearm, like around here. Mm. And that, that was really it. But some of it was like stuck on the hairs. Mm. So I like, so just pulling that was the uh, only pain in the ass. Mm. So That'd outside of that, that was, was really it. It was just, the guy had it on for like four days. So it was, it was a bit stuck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now I only just got to wrap it up when I'm at work and unwrap it. Not a hudo, not a hudo. So I don't bother it or irritate it. While working, because I don't want that, because that's supposed to be down a shit ton. That makes total sense, sir. Yes. All righty, let's let's get to a couple of news, and we'll get I'm to right. our reviews. All right. Uh, manga author Liji Matsumoto passed away at the age of eighty-five due to an acute heart failure. He got his start in nineteen fifty-four with Honeybee's Adventure, which is a manga shonen. And a his breakthrough Otoko Oidan, and that he does others like Galaxy Express Nine Nine Nine, Captain Harlock, and Queen Emerald. Mm, classics. Yep, and he received the medal with Purple Ribbon honor. Was awarded Order of the Sacred Treasure, Gold Rays with Rosette in 2010, and in 2012 we got Knight of the Order of Arts and Letters decoration from the French government. The French government. Ooh. Yes. So fancy. B- busy man. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. Very exactly. fancy. But yeah, uh, condolences to his friend. What a life. What a life. I'm gonna be like Yoshi. Imagine if I was like Yoshi the entire episode. 
Hate her so uh, Evidence and Shadow season two got confirmed. Yes. Uh, no release date yet. People are speculating it'll, it'll be fall of this year, but we'll see. Indeed, we shall. Uh, Under Ninja is getting a 2023 anime. Anime in fall season. <laughs> a Metropolis director, Rintaro Helms, short anime movie after 14 years. There's no name for it. Uh, manga cinema dedicated to Sado Yamanaka will premiere at the film festival March 20th. Where's your friend Chris? I just realized that. I'm no friend. You got no friend today. Uh, he's probably watched my friend's stream. Mm. Uh, Shadow, what are you doing? Uh, light novel, I Shall Survive, using potions. Gets a TV anime in 2023. Full potion? This is, I Shall Survive, using potions. That's the name of the title. I hear potions, and it's like I think of Pokemon, and I think of the slime. No, no, not those. Not those potions. Uh, the manga, Mr. Villain's Day Off, is getting a TV anime. So I guess I'm gonna assume it's a slice of life of a villain when he has days off. Well, he's not killing people, stirring the world, or whatever he does. I don't know what he does. Whatever they do, whatever villains do these days. Uh, Crunchyroll Awards are coming up next week. We will read the winners when they come out, and I believe the same with Anime Trending for their yearly. As it for news. All right. All right. That was quick. It was boring. It was rather dry. Yeah, it was dry. There's nothing spicy today. Well, for the week. It was dry as rape pussy. It was drier than Ben Shapiro's wife. <laughs> nah, he doesn't believe in the wet pussy. That popped me. All right. Uh, I'm going first. Is that the deal? As always, buddy. You got less than I do. Wait, uh, do you nowadays? I feel like... Well, both three doesn't come back till another week or two. Yeah, you still uh, blessing me. Yeah, you have... yeah, the only one I got right now is Vinland and Blue Lock and Pokemon. Uh, I didn't. I didn't watch this week's Pokemon. Oh, I nah, I didn't get a chance to. All right. Well, I got uh, a few to talk about. And I, and I, and I already talked about uh, last week's. I already talked about both of them last. All right. So go ahead. And go uh, I know. That. I know. It's about Lapras after you know he let it go. Oh, nice. Twenty years ago. Nice. So it was a nice I one of my low-key like favorite Pokemon. Like it was a Lapras. It's, it's a it's a very it's a very helpful one. My favorite Pokemons were were Lapras, Snorlax, and then the the three mythical birds. Oh, Arcanus, that doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, we did we did get the last two episode titles for the last two episodes, uh, Ash and Latios, and then for the final one, his retirement, the Rainbow and the Pokemon Master. So I think that means we'll see Ho. Who send as is like his last one? It makes sense because he was in, it was in the first one, and now we're gonna see him. Ho ho, ho ho. <laughs> there we go. All righty, let's go with Blue Lock. All right, all right. Uh, basically, we picked up where we left off. Um, they have to decide who to pick from the teams: either Kunigami, Rayo, or Chigiri. Uh, Baro decides he suggests Kunigami for more def- for more of a defensive approach. And of course, uh, Nagi says Rayo for a more overall balance and the fact that he's smarter. But Isagi says we should go with Chigiri because he's the one that, again, he's fast and he's been evolving in, in all of these games. And I think he will be the key for more of a chemical reaction for everyone to, for more combination. Okay. So they all, so they went with, so they went with Chigiri, and then Rayo is a little pissed off that Ooh. Nagi's like, "Why didn't you pick me?" And basically, Nagi's like, well, would you be satisfied just picked right now out of pity? 
And he's like, yeah, like, I've been learning a lot more since I left you. Like, yeah, we promised to do this together, but fuck you together. Yeah, basically, I like I want a team of Isagi. I'm learning because of him. So yeah, I don't need you right now. Kick the, try, try, try to be the best without me. Uh, but good half of this is a backstory on Bachira. Uh, basically, just how he is. Like he just loves playing soccer by himself, but he's always alone. Like he's one of the, those like that's a loner. Mm-hmm. And when he does play soccer with with the other kids when he was younger, they all they're like they're creeped out by him. They don't get him. They don't play the soccer he likes. And then uh, what you call it when, when uh, he was trading with Rin, Rin called him out on this. Like you're just like this like this sad lonely person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all you do is you're good at dribbling and nothing else, so you don't interest me, especially your little monster that you claim to have. <laughs> all you do good is dribble balls. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, my teammates picked you. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't fucking care because I'm all, I'm all you need, basically. <laughs> so we were getting that slap in the face of you're not interested. Uh, and then, of course, uh, oh, we go, we go out to the other side. Isagi, Chigiri, Nagi, and Baru. Uh, they're all, all, all three of them are arguing because Chigari and Nagi are leaving a mess in their in the dorm, and Baru, of course, is a deep freak. Like, hey, fucking clean it up! But of course, they fucking ignore that shit. So, so that they all like start talking together, like a little bit of bonding from like different people. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the episode to end, because the game didn't start yet, we're gonna get the actual game next episode. Basically, Isagi confronts Bachira Ren, and he said, tells Ren like, hey. You fucking beat me earlier, but I ain't gonna lose to you again. Like I am a much different, I'm a much different striker than we last fought. So I'm coming after your ass. Coming in your ass? What? No, I'm coming at your ass. <laughs> You're coming out of the ass? Oh, whatever. Like overflow? Yeah, 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 sure. Like overhaul. Overflow, not overhaul. Uh, him too. Oh God. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. But yeah, a uh, good setup. Uh, the last four episodes are going to probably be this game, so I really can't wait for that. They ha- they've been hyping that up. They've been hyping that up so well. And yeah, I got one more. Uh, Vinland. Easy enough for you, right? This is an easy one for me. Alrighty. Um, all right. It's morning time. We got Einar, Torfin. They're washing up for the day. Uh, Einar is talking to the lady servant, Arnheide. Uh, they're all talking a bit. Uh, the mistress calls uh, Arnheide over. Like, oh shit, I gotta go to the mistress, otherwise she'll be angry. It's like, oh yeah, and Einar starts feeling guilty. He's like, oh, I hope I didn't get you in trouble. Like, oh no, you're fine. But of course, when Einar and Torfin are looking away, the mistress fucking slaps her across the face. Bitch. Like, you didn't, like, you're like, you're, how dare you be fucking chatty when you didn't even make breakfast for us, you didn't do anything to start your morning, just talking to another slave? Fuck you. Oh, that's it. Oh, by the way, we have guests coming, so Prepare yourself accordingly. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, then we get to uh, then we go to the farm with Torfin and Einar. They're like growing their crops, and of course Einar says, "All right, like, well, it's time to pray because there's not much we can do right now." So he starts gre- screaming at the top of his lungs, "Like, grow the crops! We want rain! All this!" And then Torfin's like freaked out, like, "What the fuck you do?" He's like, "I'm praying. Join me!" They like, like grabs him by the collar. And put- Holding out, like, join me with the prayers. And then Torfin says, starts seeing, like, but like, a little shy and embarrassed, like, uh, like, God, please, God, help us. Like, oh, I can't hear you. They start doing that. And it's just like, oh, like, I, there's nothing more embarrassing. Do you fucking half ass in a prayer? So scream like a mirror, like your life depends on it. 
So while that's going on, uh, we get uh, Thorgil, the introduction of him as he is the son of the master that runs the kettle, who runs the farm. So he's coming, he's visiting. It's like, oh, so how's my brother uh, Olivia? Is he strong enough yet? Like, ah, Can he? No. Can you, Olivia? No, not that one. <laughs> uh, he, he's more of a pussy compared to <laughs> Oh, God. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, like, like, you know, he's afraid to kill people and all this. So, like, I, but Fork is like, oh, send him to war with me. And that'll, that'll straighten him up, make him a real man. So, like, uh, I don't think so. But yeah, this episode is more, yeah, th- sorry, it's, uh, his name is Almar, not Olivia. Close enough. Oh, yeah, same thing. But yeah, this story does focus more on Kettle, finally. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. as we get there, uh, basically, uh, for Forgill is like telling his brother, "Oh, you don't know our dad was warrior of the Iron Fist. You want to know how he got that name? Like he was so strong while he was wielding his sword, it broke, so he fought off enemies with his bare hands. The Iron Fist. Okay, Hulk. Would you be more much more interested in tough TUS? Oh, this is oh, Guru. This isn't the show for you, bro. Not right now. Yeah, wrong show. So Guru is the guy. Remember, I said we had a live interaction. Oh, okay." Yeah, this is the anime yeah. pod guru. Yeah, Ron Shaw, man. You shout out to my boy Andy with MMA for Mark. Uh, well, answer his question real quick. Would you be much more interested in tough if Connor and Chandler were coaching hot female fighters? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't really care about tough to begin with. So yes. for me, it doesn't matter, dude. I just want to see yeah. the fucking fight. All right. Anyway, let me continue. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Uh, well, well, shout out to your little friend that you made friends with on the first show. Yeah, right. But basically, uh, Snake was telling Kettle about people ha- like someone has been stealing their shit, like uh, stealing some food, some flour, all that crap. And you find out it's these two kids, teenage boy and a little girl. Yeah. So basically, Four Kill is like, well, we gotta kill them. <laughs> what is anime? Anyway. Anyway. But uh, basically, uh, while it's going on, uh, they have a they have a trial for these kids of what to do. And of course, the kids are poor. The mother's sick, while also raising a baby. So they so they're stealing they're stealing food to survive because uh, what you call it? The father also ditched them because he rented land from Kettle. But since he was has so much debt, he just ran away. Basically, and so basically he says, "All right, we're not gonna." The four kids like, "Fine, we won't kill them. So let's just cut off their arms. Let's just cut off one arm each." Choppy, choppy, your arm, arm. Yep, you have two kids, two like ten, eight year old kids. So they, all right, fine. Well, sorry, the the boy's twelve. The little sister, I think, is about ten. Okay, but uh, basically, and now he's like defending the sister. Like, nope, this like don't don't hurt her. Don't cut off her arms. So basically, he's offering up both his both his arms. And then Kettle's just watching. I was like, I do this. Like he's trying. He's like trying to be like a pacifist type of thing. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know he's like he's he's re- he's retired. He doesn't want to. He's not a warrior anymore. And uh, of course, one of the other servants stepped up. Like, wait, permission to speak? Sure. So this is what we're gonna do. How old are you? Twelve. All right. So they're old enough to work. So this is what's gonna happen. We're gonna have them work it off. Like basically, grow crops at their home to basically to eventually it got to the point where. You guys know there are fights on, right? I'm doing my anime pod, dude. Yeah, we got we, we got we got a different I got show to podcast, do. man. I got to do two yeah. pods. Yeah, so he'll he'll watch them after or tomorrow, maybe, maybe. So basically, he so the, you know this guy just steps in and say, "Hey, they should just work it off." If they cuff their arms, they're basically they're, he's basically useless. We don't want that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we want because if he's older, he's gonna have to be a warrior for war. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Kettle's like, yeah, great idea. Let's just do this. And then Ford goes like, nah, I see your point. So, but we can't let them off easy. They did steal. Mm-hmm. So it's like, fine. So basically 10, 10, 10 hits each. 10 hits each. Mm-hmm. By Forkill, who is fucking strong. <laughs> okay. And then basically, so the brother says, nope, I'll take all 20. They don't, she does don't touch her at all. Mm. So they're like, all right, fine, go easy on her. Like, I will, I will. So he goes easy by hitting him in the dick. No, like in the like on the ribs, but since he's very fucking strong, the kid goes flying anyway. On just hit one. Yeah, on just hit Yeet. one. Broken ribs already. He's like coughing in pain. Mm. And then he's about to go for another one. And then Kettle is like, no, wait, I'll do it. It's like, oh, okay, fine. The, the, mighty, the mighty Iron Fist will do it. All right, fine. Let's go ahead, Pops. Do it. Right. In the Did you just block him? Yeah, just fuck him. Just fuck him. He'll come later. Then block him later. I don't think I can. Once you want to block somebody. <laughs> yeah, too. Like, we do. Like, we got other shit to do, man. <laughs> Plus, wrong co host. I don't do the fights. Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> You don't see it on screen, but he did the beatings. So basically, this kid's all bruised everywhere, swollen face, bruises everywhere. Um, four gills, uh, people are like partying outside, and of course, Kettle is like cuddled up to this hooker, the sex slave, and you find out it's the fucking female slave that Einer has a crush on. So it's like, oh shit, okay, fuck, all right, all right. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's he's just pouring his heart out to her, like talking about like how the name Iron Fist is a fucking lie. Mm-hmm. He ne- he doesn't fight. He doesn't like to fight. Mm-hmm. But he's just realize. But in this world, you have to. Mm-hmm. Like people do wars and all this. People rely on that to survive mm-hmm. and make a name for themselves. So basically, he lied to his his family. He's lying to his wife. His kids comrades everybody and the fact that this slave this the sex slave basically can never be free because she has all of his secrets because <laughs> mm. einer talked about trying to buy her freedom when mm-hmm. he's free so now it's just, it's shit it's heavy man fuck <laughs> right oh man but really good episode i love it and i'm it's done good. Good shit, pal. We talked about this in the group chat. Is Vinland in your as of right now in your top ten of the, of the season? If well, I was great, top ten, but like if, if I was great, then yes. Oh, that's right because it's not. Um, yeah, well, it's it, continuing. It's a continual, so it's not going to make it. Yeah, no, I would I would be great in it for uh, spring. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you where I put it when we get to the. Uh, yeah, but yeah. no, it's, it's it's definitely in top five. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Continue with you. All right. So as a heads up, guys, I'm still not caught up on uh, Monono Gatari. I didn't have time this week to watch the two episodes I'm behind on. So I will not be talking about that one. Um, I did not see to yesterday's Revenger. Um, I did see the previous Revenger. So we're going to go with that first. Yep. Second to pull it up because I don't remember. I drank a lot and had sex a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're going to leave most of these because I watched basically just one show. <laughs> huh? You're gonna be leading most of these because it's either last week or I was just I was I was watching just one show, the play it cool. We'll get to that later. Oh yeah. So since I watched, you know, since I watched, watched them all in the course of two days, that's all that's really in my head. All right, all right. All right. 
Except for some of the round cards. I'll lead. I'll lead everything then. That's fine. You, you, you fuck the dog. I'll hold the ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a fucking okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> like I'll just hold the ten while you do the work. Oh my god, dude! All right, so we'll go with episode seven of Revenger first. Uh, the episode I'm reading it basically verbatim from what I wrote. So the episode starts off with Rizo being hunted by the sins of his past. He's basically, um, uh, he I guess he's just chilling, kind of sorta. And um, or no, he's trying to sleep actually. So he's trying to sleep, and like in his dreams, he sees like the heads of all the people that he's killed, and then all of a sudden he sees reflections of his uh, of his father in law and his uh, fiance um with their neck slashed, and he wakes up from the dream, and he, he's trying to bury himself in his work. So he has this actually no, he wasn't sleeping. He was trying to do this um the wall scroll that he was commissioned from in episode six. And he's just kind of stuck. And the um, the house children are playing with uh, with Soji and are like, hey, you know, where's Rizo? And Rizo, he's like, oh, well, he's just stuck in his work. And, you know, Soji is a little bit worried, you know, because he obviously his roommate. So he can see like what's going on there. And so <clears throat> the episode um, continues basically um, it, to a, a bunch of monks. Right. And they're going to a nunnery. And there's a rookie monk, and he's like, what are we doing at this hour? It's like in the middle of the night. He's like, what are we doing in a nunnery? And they're like, oh, we've come to pay our respects. It's part of our monkhood, right? And so they go into the nunnery, and they were like, oh, you know, we and the, the some, like, senior uh, nun comes out, and she's like, oh, we hope you will continue to, to pay our respects. And they hand her some money, and they're like, why'd you hand her money? Like, we're the ones that normally take money as donations. And out come a bunch of women. Come to find out, basically, this nunnery is basically like a like a covert like business or whatever covert like place for uh, prostitutes, and so basically, this place offers a safe place for men to fuck prostitutes where they can't go to the red light district, such as monks who aren't supposed who are supposed to abstain. And so, as uh, the monk, then there's a main monk. I forget his name, but he's kind of. Um, just sitting there like in shock he smells like a, a whiff of something and he realizes oh my god all these girls are high on fucking opium and so um, his boss monk I guess was like hey it's your first time here at the, at the at the nunnery you get your first pick of whoever you want and so he looks at all the girls and there's one that's mostly sober and so he picks her and you know she tries to have sex with him and he's like no I don't want to do this and she whispers in his ear as she takes off his clothes, like, you know, she's like, the devils are everywhere. Um, don't be too loud. And proceeds to kiss him. And they fuck. And then the next morning, they actually have the conversation he was trying to have. And she reveals, like, hey, you know, like, I was basically, like, my family thinks I'm dead. I was kind of abducted. Um, and she wants to escape. She wants to go back home to her little brother. And so he vows to try and, like, do something to help her. So in the, that day, I guess there's like a den for all these fucking women to just get high off opium. And she's like pretending to hit like the opium bong. And the main nun comes in and was like, oh, like, what's wrong with the quality? She's like, there's nothing wrong with the quality. But of course, like if, when you're high on opium, you don't fucking react to shit. So the right. woman like brings her in for a hug and takes like the head of a serpent and injects the fucking opium like directly into like her fucking carotid artery. And she is high as a fucking kite completely high as a kite so the next day the um the next day the monks come back for more um the same the monk in the story picks this picks the girl again and realizes like oh the girl is just high as fuck like she is gone and like basically in the conversation um the woman mentioned that um 
she's like oh one way that we can get out of this is, is through the revenge token and he's like no i don't want to compound sins upon sins we don't need to do that we can find another way and in his just depression and like just pure sadness that the woman that he like wants to help is like going through this he makes her put the coin in her mouth and he's fucking her and as he comes in her she bites on the coin because she again she's high as fuck she has no free will and so she she as he comes she bites the coin and he gets the coin drops it off for usui and the revenge is on meanwhile while this is happening where's my phone why did it fucking go away Okay. Yep. Okay. So the gang basically kind of they get the, the they get the request and they mention basically they get the details that it's an opium it's an opium den basically and so everything triggers with Rizo saying like hey you know maybe we'll get a clue for you know what's going on with the opium we'll find out what's going on with the opium. And so they go, they carry out the revenge, they kill all the nuns, they release all the girls that they can release, you know, some of them die as a result because they're so high on opium, they die of ODs. Um, and as Rizo is about to kill the main nun, um, the the guy, the Chinese man um, that is running the syndicate and working with the, uh, with the trade union pops out, Rizo has his weapon, he goes for a fight. But he uses his like kung fu ness, whatever you want to call it. He uses his kung fu, easily basically subdues Rizo, disarms him, and like, oh shit, it's on. So the guy's like, oh, I'm gonna kill Rizo, no problem. But then fucking uh, Soji comes out the bushes, throws his little like darts or like his little like dice, like the the sharp dice, kills the the main monk woman as she's trying to flee, right? And so it's two on one, and he's like, you know, that's fine. We could go two on one. I'm still gonna kill both of you. And then um. Teppa, the big humongous dude, fucking shoots an arrow, and he's like, "It's three on one, pal." And so, using his like slick, like like kung fu, he just fucking darts out, and he's fast as fuck, and he escapes, right? And so, they basically save Rizo, and there's that. And so, basically, the next day, the guy who Usui speaks to in the red light district is summoned by the magistrate, and the leader of the trade union is there as well. And again, um, we know the trade union is working with the Chinese with the opium. And so uh, the magistrate basically asked the guy from the red light district to investigate the the revenge token. And he's like, you know, it's just a, it's a lie. It's bullshit. Da, 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 da. So um, from there, basically, the um, they have this thing to go on away. And the guy from the red light district basically corners the leader of the trade union and is like, hey you know like what's up with the opium and they have like this brief conversation and we find out basically like he kind of admits to being part of the opium trade and the the red light district guy is trying to stop that so they have like this little tense back and forth so um there's some revelations and some story that's going to happen from that standpoint um but regardless solid episode um i really dig revenger you know lots of death and then blood and lots of cool ways people die and just the, the principle of opium in in Nagasaki in the 1700s um, is actually pretty interesting from my side. So definitely enjoyed that. All right, moving on. What do we got next? We'll go with the ones that I have two of. Actually, no, I got to talk about Fire Hunter. Um, yeah, Fire Hunter. Because I stopped. So you stopped. Yeah. So actually, I don't even. Fuck. How am I even going to. Because I don't write Fire Hunter down. Oh, man. This is going to be a pain in the dick. What happened in Fire Hunter? It did pick up for sure. Um, so basically. Um, the gang get on the boat and, um, wait, what was the last thing you saw from fire hunter? Let me back up. Uh, when we saw the new girl, the, the other fire hunter, 
Okay, the woman. You yeah. didn't see when they were on the beach when they were traveling in the mountains and they got to the beach and they found all the charred bodies and they found they also rescued that I saw. That was a, a spider. I saw that. Okay, so you saw that. So they get on the boat from there. The episode starts. They're on the boat. They're trying to save the guy from the from the from the from the train. They're still trying to save his life as they're traveling. A giant killer whale, like humpback whale, I should say, not killer whale, giant humpback whale comes underneath them and they proclaim in this world that the humpback whale is basically like a guardian to like dead spirits. Um, what up, Chris? Hey, how you doing, buddy? Welcome. Hey, what's happening? Yeah, he says it needs to do better. All right. Oh, there's an option to put user in timeout. I didn't know that. I just did a straight block. Another guy. Oh, whoa. Because I want to unblock him, but then I, if I do unblock him, he's going to talk shit on the other podcast. Like, yo, you fe- you piece of shit, you fucking block me, whatever. Anyway, whatever. so let's move on. Anyway, so um, oh, fuck, was it Toko? Toko is like she's basically yelling at the humpback whale because basically the guardian is there to like to guard souls to the next life, bring them to the next life, and she shouts at the at the at the humpback whale like, no, you're not going to take. Um, you're not going to take what's his face I, again. I forget his name. You're not going to take what's his face. You know, he's going to live on and we're all going to be good together, whatever the fuck. Right. And the humpback whale goes like it listened to Toko, which was interesting. Meanwhile, um, you saw in the, in the previous episode, um, the, uh, what's it called? The, I guess I, I don't want to call him a rogue fire hunter, but like the fire hunter that wasn't a guest of his, of the, his new father. Right. So they go on a hunt and they kill a, uh, they kill a beast. And um, they're like, oh, you know, first hunt's a night hunt. Pretty, pretty wild, right? And he's like, yeah, he's basically just trailing him, basically, right? And so all of a sudden, he and the, his dog smell blood. And he's like, that isn't demon blood, right? Or that's not, um, it's not whatever, like demon blood. So they go over and they find that the three hunters that were his guests had basically trapped a spider and like tortured him and they're trying to get information from him and they told him like yo that's really dumb because the amount of blood that you spilled you're gonna attract a bunch of these fucking fire these fire beasts and you know they're like whatever and all of a sudden like all their dogs pick up on that and they're like yo let's get the fuck out of here let's get the fuck out of here and then the fire beast the i'm sorry the spider who was trapped basically goes like hulk he fucking goes hulk and he uh breaks off of his like his confinement right they have him basically like tied like not tied, but they have him like pegged to a tree, like looking like you know, it kind of looks like Jesus Christ in a way, right? Right. Like, and he starts fighting them, and then eventually, uh, the fire hunter kills him, and he's like, "Oh my god!" Like everybody's freaking the fuck out. There's blood everywhere. Fire, like fire beasts are coming, and they're like, "Fuck, we gotta get the fuck out of here." So they get the fuck out. We don't see him for the rest of the episode, right? And so, um, all good, Chris. Yeah, you're Maybe all good, man. We're happy. We're happy you could join us. Yeah. So, um. Anyway, Toko and all the people they arrive in town. They get uh, into the capital. They get help for the guy from the train, and the guy officially loses his eye and um his arm. They because his arm was broken. He said he'll never be able to raise his arm past shoulder height again. But he's he'll be alive, right? He's just got to deal with the pain until everything heals itself, in essence. And so, um as they're doing that they get clothes from the the from the old people i think they're like his his parents i think that they brought him to his parents that are like near the docks and so they go to get his medicine toko goes to get his medicine one day and they get the medicine and then all of a sudden canada basically veers fucking right and he's like well what the fuck so she follows him right and he goes to the old house where the family used to live but no one answers the door he's trying to get in the door and no one's answering because they moved he doesn't know that and then they're chased 
And then um, they're like, oh, my God, I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. Right. They end up getting lost in like capital. And Toko was about to cry. And then all of a sudden, um, who's the guy that I just mentioned? The smart guy who got um, adopted. What's his name again? Hold on. I can look it up, too. Give me a second. Fire Hunter. Fire Hunter, bitch. Uh, Kyoshi? Kyoshi, thank you. So his sister, um, his new sister, I should say. I think, what's, what's her name? Uh, Kira? Yes. Kira shows up and sees Toko. And she's like, hey, are you lost? Not knowing anything. And that's how the episode ends. Gotcha. So they're edging closer and closer to the reunion of Canada and, and Koshi. And there's more action with the stuff. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention. They said that there's a lot more action going on, like, around, like, the Fire Beasts are more active because, like, the main star, like, the main, ast- like, uh, I guess, shooting star asteroid or something is coming over and is getting closer to Earth. And so I guess it's going to probably do something with, like, an asteroid collision and whatever the fuck. Um, so it's a little intriguing. Okay. Excuse me. That's you. I already got the wizard. So that was interesting. Okay. All right. Now let's move on to one of the two that I have seen. There's two that I need to watch two episodes of, and then there's boring so for me. Um, so we'll go with uh Strongest Exorcist first. So Strongest Exorcist kind of sick. I watched two episodes, six and seven. Those basically continue on in the process. Um, where Kyle, which has the guy with the evil eye, Mabel, who's our new mysterious character, and um Seika, they just continue to advance with ease, no problems there. Um, in the middle of the night, one of the nights after his fight, Seika abducts the informant that we see in episode five, and he uses one of his summons, which is a monkey that can read minds. And basically gets all the information that he wanted in regards to everything regarding Mabel and the plans with the between the demons and the humans. Um, And then has the monkey kill him by eating him. So that was pretty savage. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it was a giant monkey talking monkey and he fucking just ate him alive. Fucking wild. Um, So that was cool. And but basically from that information, we learned that Mabel um, was positioned to be the hero. But she's not the real hero, as we know. That's Amuyu. Amuyu's the real hero. So he wants to protect Amuyu. Um, so the next day after his match, he's going to the semifinal where he's going to face Mabel. Mabel asks him to quit. And he's like, no, I'm not going to quit. Why am I going to quit? And his intention was never to win the tournament in the first place. Um, but the fact that he wants her to quit has her intrigued. But regardless, he's like, you know, it is what it is. We'll figure it out the next day. As he's trying to sleep all of a sudden in the middle of the night, Mabel basically busts through his fucking shit and put, blasts a hole in his fucking wall. And tries to try, attempts to basically kill him, and you know he's like, "Well, why the fuck are you trying to kill me?" And she's like, "I just want to injure you. I just want to chop off a couple of your limbs so you'll forfeit. You know, you'll be fine, right?" And so they end up having like this back and forth for a little bit, and then um, she manages to escape when she was at a disadvantage. Um, he ends up tracking her later on, and he's like, "Hey, I just want to talk." And using the information that he got, he's able to basically deduce like, "Oh." Mabel, he tells Mabel, like, oh, you're not the real, you're not the real uh, hero. You're trying to just, you know, play the fake hero. And so we find out also, like, oh, her, she, that's not her real hair color. Her real hair color is white. We find out that Kyle, the guy with the evil eye, is also her brother and that they're from, like, the mercenaries. And so the mercenaries, obviously, as the name entails, their job, they're hired killers. And in order to be a, a, a mercenary with that group, you get put into a group of four people. And over the course of time, you have to kill each member of the, of the group until you're the only one. The last remaining member of the group, it becomes the mercenary. And so it was always her job. Mabel was always going to die to Kyle. But, you know, she obviously didn't want to die. And Kyle, basically, the reason why he has the evil eye is because he was worked on, right? His brain was worked right. on. 
Um, and so um, Seika like realizes like, oh, that's fucked up. So he's like, don't worry. He's like, I'm gonna beat you in the semifinal, and I'm gonna go beat Kyle in the final, and I'm gonna save both of you. And so Mabel and um, Seika the next day have a fight. Uh, Seika easily wins because of course he's OP as fuck, and he goes to face Kyle in the final. And Kyle, um, just just walking through his, Seika's magic, trying to you know whatever. And so what Seika does is he puts a smoke screen up so he can use his, his real summons. So he uses a smoke screen and he summons a giant Minotaur, and the Minotaur holds back and still basically does the same shit that you mentioned in Vinland, where he hits the guy in the fucking head and he goes flying right, and he's knocked unconscious and he goes to the Minotaur. He's like, "You held back, right?" And he goes, "Yeah, I held back." And he's like, "Well, fuck, that was a pretty strong hit, regardless." So as he's gonna go over to him a curse pops out through Kyle and he's like, Oh shit. So he puts a barrier around them and the curse subsides, but because the curse didn't go off, it basically kills Kyle. He's going to go because apparently he has the ability to fucking save life, which is nuts. He can bring, Mm. he can bring the dead back, but his like main, um, uh, his main, um, I guess uh, Akalishi, like his demon or whatever, was like, hey, you you don't want to show your powers. This is what you wanted to avoid. Like, he owes you nothing, like whatever. So Seika stops and lets him die, basically. But what he does is he makes like a giant explosion and basically takes his body, puts it in another dimension. So that way he could take it back and they could do a proper burial for Mabel. And he just said like, oh, I just obliterated him. And so he wins the tournament. They ask him to join the Royal Guard. He says he politely says no, and they give him a bunch of money for winning the tournament, and life moves on. The episode basically ends with them burying Kyle and Seika basically relaying to Mabel that um, you know Kyle's wish, last wish, and that of course makes Mabel cry. And you know a little bit later on, like toward the end of the episode, Mabel and um, and Amuyu have like a little stage battle, and Amuyu uses magic while while Mabel doesn't per like their little like agreement and MU wins and they basically become friends after they start off fighting. So that was cute. A couple episodes are cute. You know, nothing all too right. spectacular, but nothing bad at all. So there's that. Next is uh Reborn to Master the Blade. Reborn to Master the Blade. Reborn to Master the Blade. The Blade, the Blade. The Blade, the Blade. So this is another one watched two episodes. Um, so episode six continues to show basically how OP she is. Like she's just breezing through school. Like it's absolutely nothing. Um, it, it's actually kind of funny from that standpoint. Um, they basically choose her. They choose Ingress. They choose Ronnie. They choose um, these two other girls who are new basically. And they choose this other girl, the bitchy girl that I had mentioned earlier in the season. Um, right. Her name's Lisa, uh, Lisa Leth. And they choose them to undergo this special test. And they have to go through these doors. She's like, all you got to do is go from one side of the door to the other side of the door. If you make it to the other side of the door within a time limit, you pass and you get special commendations and stuff. So, um, of course, the show follows um, English. And basically, it's a mental like it's a mental test because it basically shows all of your fucked up memories like over time all your sad memories or traumatic memories and you have to basically fight them you have to fight your inner demons basically and so um english is like this is fucking stupid after she like does a little bit of the fighting she's like this is dumb and she blows a hole in the fucking dimension (laughs) and you find out like the the doors that they all went through are like stacked in this dimension and so she uses her power she jumps up to the next dimension where she sees Lisa Lett dealing with her people. She has a conversation with Lisa Lett. They become cool. They move on to the next one, um, to the next dimension. And in that dimension, they basically go to save, uh, what's it called? 
Uh, what's her face? Let me look for her name. One moment, please. I'm sorry. Watching so many anime, I don't know names anymore. Yep, too much for everyone. Too much for everyone. I know. What's her face? Uh, Leone. Yes. So she goes and basically, um, Leona is struggling to fight fight her demons because she doesn't want to fight. She doesn't want to fight these people because she likes these people. And so Lisa Let comes easily without any problems and fucking destroys her little demons. And she's like, hey, you know, I know it's hard for you to fight, fight your family. I have no problems fighting your family. And they become cool as well after she apologizes. She's like, hey, I was a little overboard. I'm sorry. Whatever. And so they basically collect the three of them and they get out simultaneously. And the teacher's like, you weren't supposed to come out of the same door. And they're like, well, you know, just shit happened, you know, and here we are. And they're like, all right, well, you passed. You made it out regardless. And then the other the other girl, she failed. And then Ronnie, um, she makes it out on her own um, without any help. And she's like, oh, it was so scary. Da, da, da. She's like, wait, how did you guys get it? She's like, don't worry about it. And so after Lisa Lett and Leone become cool, um, basically Leone moves back into the uh, into the apartment or into the dorm that um, Lisa Lett had. And they all she basically joins our little like unit of people and ends that episode. The following episode starts off with um, with them basically uh, going to a party. Right. And so they're invited to this party and um, Ronnie's brother. Raphael basically pays for all their dresses and of course they look beautiful as they're as they're about to dress shop though uh they hear oh magic magic attack magic beast attack right so they go over to the, where it's at and they find Eris and they find um Ripple and Ripple is a little worse for wear like she's like breathing heavy she like looks feverish um but they're able to defeat the magic beast and they're like oh this has been going on lately for a while now but we don't know what's going on with, with we don't know what's going on with her and so um they're like, oh, we'll just keep an eye on it. So they go dress shopping, everything as well. They go to the party. And literally, as soon as the party starts, more of these magical beasts, they fucking get summoned. And they're like, what the fuck? So, of course, Eric, I'm sorry, Inglis, being fucking OP as shit, just uses, like, finger magic. She has, like, a magic, and she just uses it like a gun. Pew, 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 Just kills all these fucking demons with no effort. And so after they're done and they clean up the demons that are there, um uh what's her face lisa let is like hey come upstairs um we have a problem so they go upstairs and they find ripple is unconscious and has a black barrier like a, a dark magic barrier around her and they're like well what the fuck gives what's up with this and we basically find out that as soon as she went there she collapsed and her collapsing triggered the summons of all these magicite beasts and they're like oh is she working for the other side like what's going on and they're like, no. And so the whole purpose of the party, let me back up. The whole purpose of the party was to basically introduce a new um, council representative or some shit like that, or town representative from the Highlanders. And as we mentioned previously with other Highlanders, like some of them can be assholes, but some of them are really kind. This one in particular seems kind for right now. And he proceeds to explain that in Highland, there's two factions. There's one faction that wants to help the surface dwellers and wants to give them technology. And there's another one that hates the surface dwellers and wants to hoard all the technology and not help them. And so um, what happens with the people listed as Hyrule menaces, right? The heiresses, the ripples, those are like the high end, like inter- inter- intermediaries between them. Um, they're chosen by the Highlanders. And so we find out Eris was chosen by the faction that wants to help. And Ripple was chosen by ones who not. And so they suspect basically that she like has some sort of like curse in her that was implanted by the Highlanders to basically like just go ape shit and kill her and kill all the fucking surface dwellers that come in contact with her. So they're like, oh, it's really fucked up, da 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 da, whatever. And so 
um, English comes up with an idea, partially for herself, but for Ripple as well. Basically, they're like, hey, you know, we need to find out and get to the bottom of what's afflicting Ripple. Why don't we keep her in the school? We can protect her. We can work on her. Right. And um, the, the prince who was there was like, hey, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Right. And I was laughing because fucking uh, Leone and um, Leone and Lisa Lett are talking and they're like, oh, that's really nice of, of English. Leave it to English. And uh, fucking uh, Leah, uh, what's her face? Lisa Lett is like, you realize what she did. She's not doing this just for that. She's doing it. So whenever the magic beast pops up, she could just kill them because, of course, she's a battle junkie. And that made me chuckle. And the episode, that's how the episode ends for me. Pretty solid. I enjoy this as comedic relief. Oh, I missed the piece as well from this, as usual. So come to find out the council representative is actually the brother of the woman who was basically turned from a Highlander into a beast and they managed to save her. That's her brother. And so she's like, hey, I want to take her back with me and I want to see if we can return her back to normal. So they try to give her uh, Sylphie, right? Or Sylvette, whatever her name is. And she's like, nope, I don't want to go. Bites her brother's finger and basically nestles herself back into Inglis's boobs. And she doesn't want to fucking go back with her brother. So the brother's like, well, I guess in the interim, you guys can take care of her while I try and figure out stuff on my end. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. No problem. Um, So that was a little bit of a nice uh, connecting of the dots there with the story. All right. Uh, I have two more, I believe. Uh, Reborn, Fire Hunter. Uh, No, I'm lying. I have one. I have one more. I have Boruto. This week's, right. this week's episode of Boruto was actually pretty solid, if I do say so myself, like usual. Code Arc is normally solid. The episode starts off basically with Code and um, I forget her fucking name. Um, give me a second. Pull this up. God damn it, Marte bothering. Boruto. I know. Don't want to offend anyone at everyone. Okay, Ida. Yes. So it shows basically the episode starts off with Code and Ida talking and we basically find out Ida's t- uh, true powers. The first one is the reason why she's considered the person of all knowing, like the, the woman of all knowing, is because she has complete clairvoyance, which is actually pretty fucking wicked. Um, basically, it allows her to see anything happening in real time across the world, like with, through her eyes, and she can see back past any past events that have happened in the world up until her birth which is unknown you don't know when she was officially born um so she could see everything which is how she was able to spy on people and know what everybody's saying hear conversations that she's not supposed to etc um and the second power of hers is unknown how it happens but basically she um no one can kill her like everyone is automatically like attracted to her um, and that's why, you know, code falls in love, can't attack her. Like no one can attack her. We find out unless it's either a blood member, which there aren't many or an Asutsuki. And so that's why she was never able to kill Jigen because Jigen was an Asutsuki. And so she basically has her eyes on Kawaki. She wants at the end of the day, like her biggest thing is love. She wants to feel real love because Amado basically robbed her of that. This is, we find out this is why she hates Amado is because he, she robbed her of the opportunity to experience real love. Everybody loves her that comes in contact with her. And so she doesn't know what it's like to have someone genuinely like her. And she's like, the only person that doesn't work on is Kawaki. So I want to be with Kawaki. And there's something about Kawaki that like, you know, not turns her on, but, you know, intrigues her. And so Code is like, what about Boruto? Boruto is basically 80% Osutsuki. So in theory, your power is not going to work on him, right? And she goes, she starts to think about, you know, what it would be like to actually, you know, be romantically involved with Boruto. And she's like, I don't know. We'll see, basically. 
And so they have that conversation. They agree to work together, basically, all's well that ends well from that side. Meanwhile, the other side of the story is basically um, Sarada, Mitsuki, Boruto, and Kawaki are all sitting in a circle training, and they're trying to do shock control training. And, of course, um, what's his face? Uh, Kawaki being fucking annoying and fucking just like, uh, what's it called? Antsy. He's like, this is dumb. This isn't going to fucking help me at all. And so he basically says, well, how are we going to train? He's like, we're going to fight. And so Mitsuki and Sarada fight Kawaki, and Kawaki beats them easily because they're not into the fight. And Boruto's like, all right, you know what? I'll take him one-on-one. A loser has to do the training method that the winner prefers, right? And they're like, all right, fine, no problem. So they start fighting. Boruto is on the defensive, and, and he's losing the fight. And basically, Kawaki goads him into using his karma. He's like, you're going to die if you don't use your fucking karma. Stop being such a pussy about karma. Use your fucking karma. Okay. He uses his karma and he proceeds to kick the shit out of Kawaki. Kicks the absolute shit out of him. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to Boruto, Naruto is watching on this entire back and forth between them. And Kawaki is, you know, trying to, you know, do his best in front of Lord Seventh, in front of Naruto. And we find out basically his um his motivation is to save the seventh because again he gave him like this new lease on life and he wants to protect naruto and so that's why he's so eager to train and get better and defeat them so he can protect naruto um but again boruto has no idea his father's watching and so he proceeds like i said to kick the shit out of him and he even slices his headband in half with a fucking with a lightning fucking kunai with the power of the fucking of the of the of the of the karma like it's pretty fucking wicked and basically, at the end of the day, they end up having like a back and forth. And he's like, you know, basically all's well that ends well. They, there was actual something like that was actually substantial. I just don't remember what exactly it was. Um, and so at the end, Naruto basically looks over and he walks away and he's like, that's right, guys. He's like, I want you guys to get even more powerful than what you guys are. You need to be more powerful than what you guys are to fucking save the world, basically. So um, that was uh, pretty interesting there. So uh, that's it for me. All right, let's get to our together stuff. Yes. Oh, wait, I got to talk about... I didn't talk about the one show that we mentioned. Hold on. What? My Life as Inukai-san's Dog. Oh, my God, yeah. Yes, I got to put this on there. I completely forgot. I'm going to edit this right now. Inukai. All right. You see so, what you did, Chris? So, <laughs> Inukai-san's Dog. You know, there's uh, it's obviously an etchy. Very fucking etchy. It's on high dive for those of you who want to check out a really etchy anime. They do like partial censoring, so you don't see full nips or vag. Um, if you watch it uncensored, you can see that all the girls are clean shaven and they all have tits out, full tits, full with nips, hard nips, and everything, right? It's pretty right. fucking etchy. But there's an actual story. So the premise is basically uh, Inukai or Inu, we'll call him Inu, um, basically one day wakes up and he's his crush's dog. And he's like, how the fuck did I become a dog? And so the episodes focus, A, on the sexual aspects, but B, him trying to figure out how he became a dog. And he slowly puts the pieces together. He's trying to figure shit out. And at the end of the day, we're up to like this point, basically two, a few things. A, um, he still likes, um, uh, what's her name? Give me a second. I got to come Blonde up. Blonde one, right? No, the black haired girl, um, Karen. Go figure, Karen. Um, Karen. So Karen's the main character of all this, right? She, he, she is his crush, and she is he is her dog. So he still with him, still loyal because she he still has dog characteristics despite retaining a lot of his human characteristics. And so, um, 
he's faithful to her, but we have a couple characters. The blonde one, whose name is Mike, she um is his next door neighbor, and you know she doesn't like dogs, but she grows to like uh, Inu. And we also have his kohai. His kohai's name is Usagi, and we find out. Um, again, he goes missing. He goes like just completely missing out of the fucking blue. And he's like, you know, of course, when you go missing out of the blue, you know, people worry. So his parents are very worried. Usagi, as his kohai, is worried. Um, and we find out through over the course of time that um, the dog, um, do they have his name here? Well, oh, well, Pochita, that's the name of the dog. So we find out Pochita. That's not literally his name, but we'll call him Pochita. Basically, um, he was a loner. Like he had no friends. He was socially awkward, but he loved plants and he bonded with um karen over plants and you know karen gave her like a, a gave him a pretty solid like piece of like thing like, you know just because you like something that that's not normal for other people that are like you that doesn't make you weird and like ever since then he was crushing on her and we see his only friend is usagi but usagi is very flirtatious like she's like oh senpai how are you senpai then goes to another senpai like hey senpai how are you right and we find out basically that usagi is like head over heels for before for for Inosan, basically, like you know, she's like, "Why don't you get jealous?" It's a wild scene. Like, I'll go through the scene in depth. He's missing. Um, she, he goes over to his parents' house. He tries to help find him. No idea where he's at. And he takes care of her. She takes care of his plants while she's there. And he's in the room as the dog, and she he doesn't realize that. And so he um is there under her skirt, and was like. He just overhears her like, oh, why did you leave? Like, why are you such a loner? Why didn't you get jealous when I talked to other senpais? Like, I love you. Why don't you see that? Like, why are you so, like, oblivious? And he's like, wow, I never knew Usagi had the hots for me. And then in her moment of depression, proceeds to lean on his desk and masturbate using his desk. And it is a very sexual scene, right? But there's still a story to that because the loner doesn't know who loves him and who you know there's a little bit of of an actual story to that which was a which is good the weird part of this is he does figure out eventually how this happened basically there was a woman in a lab coat i guess someone in the high school gave him sweets on valentine's day and usagi finds the sweets on his desk and she gets jealous like oh how dare another girl give him sweets like i'm the only girl he's supposed to get sweets from and he never got them from me um but we find out basically he eats the sweets thinking that they're from karen his crush and he ends up turning into the dog so basically this woman who's like i guess some super scientist or whatever in the the class came up with some sort of potion like as an experiment and turned him into a dog so that's how that happened um and so the episode continues with some more sexual stuff um but he basically helps usagi usagi's in the rain and usagi ends up getting a fever and she's like got wet clothes on and she's got a fever so the dog by himself completely undresses usagi butt ass naked um but it's for a good purpose to make sure that she doesn't fucking die of like you know pneumonia or whatever the fuck um and so you know it's entertaining because of how sexual it is but at least they they do give us a little story it's not like a peter grill that's like just sexual for no fucking reason whatsoever like there's kind of a, a a decent backstory to this, so it's not completely like out of the blue. Like I know you sent me that one scene with lactation. I don't know how the fuck they managed to get there in in time. We'll find out. But uh, 
not bad. And the best thing about this is it's a short watch. The episodes are only 11 minutes long. Um, so actually, no, I'm lying. They're 13 minutes long. The episodes are only 13 minutes long. So if you skip the OP and ED, which aren't that great, um, you're watching 10 minutes of anime. So you can watch the show and catch up to it in about in like an hour and a half or so. That's what I did basically last week on, after we got off our podcast. I binged the, the entirety of uh, of Inusan. And uh, yeah, I haven't seen this week's episode. So I'll keep you guys abreast when I do see that next time. But uh, yeah, that was my uh, journey watching uh, my life as Inukai-san's dog. What's up, Matt? Tell me what you think. Nothing, nothing. We're, we're going to move on. <laughs> What did you expect me to say? Did you expect me to say, like... I mean, I could go into the other I, part. This fast event, I might even pick this as fan service of the season, because I really don't have anything. <laughs> yeah, well, certainly this is fan service of the season for me. And I've seen enough clips to go, okay, sure. <laughs> so, did you see the clip where, like, she, where Karen basically wants Pochita to enter her crotch? I know. Yeah. I, I saw her dressing up as the dog. Just fucking, you see that? That's that scene. Yeah, and... fucking shaking her ass as she, you know, she fucking yeah. whisked in pain from pulling the tail off. <laughs> It's fucking hilarious. Uh, what, but that's where, like, where... so basically, <laughs> there's another scene where, um, in order to save, um, uh, Mike from like a caterpillar, you know, he basically crawls up like her shirt to try and get this caterpillar out from under her shirt, and you know that's how they get close. But uh, Karen gets jealous, like, oh, you don't go in my clothes. Why don't you come in my clothes? And so she lifts her entire skirt up, and she goes, "Come home to mama. Come home. Come home means come in my crotch." And she wants the dog to fucking go in her crotch. And that's how they choose between Usagi and Karen when there's a custody battle over Pochita. They both open their skirts, see their pantsuits, go in the crotch that, you, that you're most faithful to. And even though he knows that Usagi genuinely likes him as a man, like as a, as a human, he's still faithful as Karen's dog and goes in her crotch to end the episode. So it's wildly sexual. Wildly sexual. Especially when you watch it uncensored. I'm basically going to be doing with uh inusan inukai-san what i did with um with the other um sexual one on uh what's it called i did that with peter grill and then i did that with worlds and harm where i go watch yeah. the, i watch it for plot on high dive and i'll go on the on the pirate world to uh see the tits and shave pussy that you don't see pussy you don't actually see little vagina you just see the mound okay I, was, I would hope that yeah because they're all still high school it's kind of creepy from that exactly all righty uh we're going to talk about first of all, we're going to open up with the one I watched in the course of two days. Finally, play it cool, guys. Yes, Matt. Yes. And what did you think, sir? This is actually a lot of fun. It's a <laughs> lot of fun. I said that. I love, I love, the, I love the boys. And like I said, it's got Yaoi vibes, and none of them, at least as of right now, are gay. No, they're, they're, they're not. It's just more of, I don't, they're, they're an awestruck by their cools, even though they're all fucking goofs. They're all aloof and, and just nerds and fucking silly, but like, it's cute. It's, it's a really cute anime with what now? Six, six boys, six guys, five, all, five guys. And they're five guys, <laughs> five guys, but they're all men except for one. One of them is, is a junior in high school. The other one of them is junior in high school. Two of them are in college. And then two of them are actual like full grown adults in their like late twenties. So you know, it's not like your typical high school bullshit. Like, it actually does have, you know, a lot of adult isms. And it's got a lot of good, um, it's got a, a lot of good life lessons in terms of like the little simplicities in life and things of that nature. You saw that with the very last episode in terms of motivation to come up with creativity and just, you know, I really, I love that what was mentioned. Like, you know, just, you know, if you want to create something, just do it. And when you do that creation, 
you should express yourself with a part of yourself that not even you realized you have. Surprise yourself and surprise others with parts of your human nature that you didn't realize you had or could express. And I thought that was actually very, very telling and very nice. God damn it, dude. What the fuck? Is it is Angel? Fucking hell, bro. But no, I love I love that it's either they're focused on one of them or there's a combination of one or the other. Yes. And I really like that. And in core two, we got the introduction of Igarashi. Yes. Who's the childhood friend of Mima. But also yeah. a lot of people love Igarashi for various reasons, like uh like Shun loves him for his music. No, uh, his uh writing. Not music, it's not musician. But he, he no, uh no, uh Hayate likes to write in. Uh, Shun is the one that has the. He likes the creative music. expression. Yeah, he likes the creative expression, not the music person. Well, that's again. Okay, he likes the, mo- the music in the movie. He likes the music in the movie, but Igarashi is known for his creative. Well, 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 I'm saying because Shun had the headphones, he listened to the songs. Stoma likes his creativity. They all like him for various reasons. Sure. Yes. 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 So that, that's what I was going with. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and he, he yeah, and he just gels in perfectly. Yes, and I like the I like the sister uh, Asami. Um, yeah, that's the Your sister. Yeah, shop owner. yeah, it's a shop owner. Yep, yep. 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 Uh, I love the ED for the first one. If I did watch this in fall, this that would have been my ED the season over it, Raven. It's good. It's really good. I, I I'm not crazy I like about. OP, I like the OP for that season as well. Both the OP yeah. and ED were really solid. First, yeah, uh, I'm not crazy about core twos, but they're not bad. No, they're not bad. I like the ED far more than I like the the OP for. Um, yeah, but no, nah, but but I just love I love the Flash Gadgets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I, again, I'm really doing this a lot. We got about five more episodes. This is this this is if for a show that you pick up. This is the um. The really cool chill one, like um, like Handyman, that you watch yeah. slow loop, um, like just your like typical slice of life that's calm, chill. You're not gonna get any crazy action or drama or romance. It's just it's not over the top. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not over the top whatsoever. It's just a chill slice of life. It's short, as I mentioned before. If you skip the OP and ED, which I know you don't, but if you were want to watch to binge this, it's only about eight to nine minutes worth of anime that you watch. So it's a very simple watch, easy to binge, um, and it's just a very pleasurable anime. Like you know, you can just again, you just are chill watching it. Then it, it's it's fun. You know, I give it a solid three and a half um, out of five. Like it's not like oh my god, mind blowing, but it's really fun. It is cute. You know, if you like Yaoi, like I said, they give off Yaoi vibes. Um, so there's that little aspect for, for the Aoi lovers. Um, so it's got a little bit of everything for somebody in a way, you know? Yeah. But no, I'm enjoying it and I can't wait to see how it finishes. Yes. What are you grading, Matt? Right now, a little over three and a half. Okay. It's not a four yet, but you know, with how the rest goes, it could be. It could be straight up four. Could be. We'll see. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, two years eternity. That's your baby. What a fuck! <laughs> I told you, fuck Hayate, fuck him. Yeah, fuck fuck Hayate. I've never liked Kahaku. Hayate. Never liked him, and now we know why. Yeah, fucking Kahaku. Kohaku, sorry. Yeah, Hayase was the incarnation, but yeah, 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 yeah. I meant to say Kahaku. Fuck, Ka- fuck Kahaku. Fuck but him. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, fuck him. But yeah, uh, basically. Starts off with uh, Fushi sees the handprints and he makes a body of March to see. So okay, these three people can come back to life. Can can she come back? Mm-hmm. He still he still under he still doesn't fully understand how it fully works. 
or what triggered it. So, of course, obviously, March's lifeless body is just right there. So, basically, and now oh, you learn if they're alive and you make a clone, they're not going to obviously transfer. They're not like him. Yeah. But, but again, he doesn't know any of this, but he's actually slowly, as this is going on, though, he's slowly realizing mm -hmm. that Bond knows something that he's not telling him. Because, again, Bond picked those three people. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you just reminisce about the story. Like, they all chose to, even when Bond told them all this. And then Bond was about to after being confronted, but he still. He said, when we win this battle, I'll tell you everything. Yeah, he just he's just basically not yet, and even uh, Kahaku called him out on that. Mm -hmm. Like he's being a carry, like like you haven't changed at all. You're still just a selfish man, and it's just like wow, okay. <laughs> Says the fucking creep that's obsessed with him, right? Yeah, yeah, like, like like you don't care about his humanity. Like shut up, shut up, Kahaku. You just want to fuck him. That's all you want. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a lot more uh, knockers coming. Like this keeps increasing, increasing. It's becoming way too much. It is the entirety of the knocker universe against Fushi and like his fucking little band of fucking misfits. And it got to the point where um, Hira was telling Fushi was telling people to kill him because he had to teleport. Mm -hmm. And fucking Fushi just shoots him right in front of people, and then this causes an uproar, like a murder, yep. and all this. Not smart, Fushi. Not smart. No. But eventually people did calm down, but just those words mm -hmm. are just looping in his head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. While that's going on, we get to Renril because he was uh, called over to the king's chambers. Mm -hmm. And you find out the king passed away. And now... The king is dead. Long live the king. Yep, so now it's now passed on to the siblings, Alme and Maser. And that's when uh, what and then, princess course, finds out that Macer is his bro her brother. Yeah, and what happens to Alme? She goes to commit suicide, and Messer saves her, and Messer ends up revealing her mask, and she's got a fucking knocker in her face. Yep. And what happens with the knocker in her face, Matt? Fucking kills her. <laughs> Blows her face up. Yep. And she dies. Yep, and now she's calling Macer's freaking out. Mm -hmm. He called Fushi. Yep, and he's like begging him to bring her back to life. And Fushi's like saying, I can't do that. I don't know how. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then he tries to explain, like, because he still doesn't know how it works. Yeah. And then he showed he showed uh, Macer, like, hey, this is their body, sure, but she's not alive. Yep. And Macer is like, defeated. Yep, he's, he's just completely like defeated. Yeah, and he has a kingdom to run by all by himself while his sister's dead. Yep. What does Kahaku do while all this is going on? Um, who's the, the guy in the suit? Kai? Yes. So him and Kai are having a conversation. Kai goes to basically try and kill the knocker in his arm. And but, it escapes. And because Kai is invincible, he can come back. He slaughters the shit out of Kai. Kai. Yep. And because and after that, Kahaku's like, I'm going to make dinner for everybody. He lost his shit. Yeah, he, he lost his mind. He lost his fucking mind. He lost his fucking mind. And he, it got to the point where he just brought everyone into this room. <laughs> All this is going on. And then, of course, of course, is too proud of because you find that the knockers are actually winning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, Fushi starts like he does, he leaves, he backs away. And he Kahaku follows him. Mm hmm. 
he's like, what's the matter? And Bushi just flat out says he doesn't want to do this anymore. And he also said, like, infighting is not going to help us win. Like, you know, very true. This is very stark. You know, just, you know, the tide is not in his favor right now. And he is exhausted, mentally just fit, exhausted. Like, he's fighting a losing battle at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when uh, Kahaku fucking touches his shoulder, Fushi's body starts going crazy, like slashing up, slicing nuts. I thought it was um, I thought it was the knocker that was trying to fucking eat all. That's of what things. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but no, it's just his body's going out of control, like all of his forms like being sliced up. And, like, he's just like this ball, yeah. just like an eyeball sticking out. And March comes yeah. in, tell the Kahaki, like tell him like don't stop kill Fuchan, don't kill Fuchan. And that was where the credits were. Fucking wild. It was wild. That shit looked like some made in abyss shit too. Uh, yeah, it did with that with how Fushi looked. Oh, yeah, the, you have to see that in the abyss. It was nuts. Abs- Not absolutely. Yeah, fucking Christ, man. Right, amazing well, stuff. It's exactly. been amazing stuff. This is easily in my top ten of the season, without a doubt. Oh, same. Um, it you know I was I gave us like a random top five in no order, except for number one in our chat. Yeah. And after I put down to your eternity, I was like, you know. To your attorney has a really good shot for me to make it in my top five. It really the, does. Depends how it ends, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. My Hero Academia. Another banger. Yeah, it's just basically more of Dark Decker going on patrol. Um, people are people are, are still rioting. Deku Man. Yep, Deku Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this... Uh, what was that? Was it like a dog, goat? The woman, yeah, it looked like a dolphin to me. It looked like something. So, well, what's yeah, that goat or dolphin? I know, but this, uh, what you call this teenager girl? She's being chased by these uh uneasy civilians with the support items. Like, oh, where are you going? Like, figures she, she's a villain. Yep, that want nothing to do with anyone that has any type of deformity whatsoever. Nope. It looks like right. And I thought they're either going to strip her down or do something. Like, holy shit! I thought they were just going to like impale her. That too, but. Deku comes in, uh, he assesses the situation, tells them like she's okay. Like she, if she if she was evil, she would have attacked you all by now. She hasn't done any of that yet. Right. Or anything. And then yeah, the, the people eventually calm down. Yeah. And he's and he talks to her for a bit. And he he's actually smiling, finally. He is. And and and, and of course we see this Batmobile pull up. And it's all might. It's all might. He says, a, Hey, I gotta go. Take her to a shelter, and wait before you go, Deku. Here's, here's a, a bento. bento. Here's a bento. It's got pork. It'll make you feel better. And he's just swinging along with his little spider webs. And All Might says, "Like Deku, you haven't slept in days. Like yo, he's running himself to the limit." Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't had a chance to sleep or anything. Yeah. And uh, while he's swinging around, what happens? He goes to make a phone call to All Might and to um Hawks. to to Hawks. And his phone is shot clear out of his hand. Got He's, sniped. Got sniped. They lost the signal. <clears throat> they lose the signal on the GPS on the phone. And so All Might and Hawks, they're like, oh, shit, we got to go find Deku. He's in trouble. So they're on their way. And we find out the person who sniped the, the phone is who, Matt? Lady Nuggets, the anti-hero hired gun. Yes. And so and, we find out- and we get a flashback of Hawks actually giving Deku this warning. Yeah, like, like if you the, come across like, her, yeah, run. Yeah, basically, yeah. Like the 
the villains escape from jail, but like we'll take care of most of them. But if you see her, do not fight her. Yes, and then we get another flashback during their fight of as she's trying to escape with Overhaul, who she has in his possession. Like she's basically yeah. brought him along, and Overhaul is just defeated. Yeah. He's like, I gotta get back to my dad. Gotta get back to my dad. Yeah. That's right. Okay, That's right, start. Chris. Lady Naga. Yep, she showed up finally. Yes. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, but yeah, Overhaul's like talking about his father. Mm-hmm. And it's just everything's like, damn, like Shigaraki just taking his arms away just made him feel like useless. He is. He's yeah. he's more useless than Miwa. And I love Miwa. Yeah, yeah. Useless Miwa here. I always love that. Useless Miwa here. Love I, her. I, I love her though. Yeah. I love Miwa. She's so cute with her like slanted fucking haircut too. Exactly, yes. Slanted bangs. It's cute. <laughs> anyway, we digress. Um, yeah, so overhaul's there. He's in a fucking like closet or something in the middle of this battle. And we get an, a flashback from Lady Nagant as she's trying to escape an overhaul from Tartarus, and everyone is running free. And one for I'm sorry, all for one makes it a point to come see her and was like, Oh, you know, I need you to do me a favor, I need you to fucking bring Deku in alive. And she's like, well, why would you, uh, why would I want to work for you? Like, you know, I, I, like I tried to take you down once and she's like, cause you killed heroes and you don't believe in this hero society either. And of course that moves her and she's like, I'm hiring you for a job. And then here I'm skipping, I'm skipping head. Actually, I skipped ahead a little bit. Um, <clears throat> so the rest of the battle happens. Deku's on the back foot. He's able to kind of like battle her pretty well. Cause basically her ability, her initial ability is to be able to like take, uh, like, clumps of her hair and shape them with some sort of putty into a fucking bullet and the key and the key thing is they have like the shooter hero and the shooter hero is like oh she's a way better shooter than i because she can make hollow points fucking 50 cows uh you know like small arms yeah. l- long arms like with her power and she, can, snipe. she, does it. she can she's like i can only shoot from up to like i think 800 meters she can shoot from three kilometers away with her power with complete right. accuracy and not only that she can make her bullets bend as she wants which is something that's like just insane like she's op as fuck for in terms of like heroes or villains right now so uh deku's just basically on the back foot losing this battle and he manages to kind of escape for the moment and we find as we continue the flashback the episode ends basically with um all for one she's like here's a little deposit and she's able to fucking fly yeah she gave him. He gave her a second quirk, and he she's able to fucking fly. So she's flying around trying to shoot Deku. Holy shit! We also forgot uh, Deku was like talking to everyone that's uh, one for all, and we find out yeah. he's not using. There's two people who weren't given in to like, yes. the quirk. Yes, and of course, eventually, it's more of all right, fine. We find out those two people are basically. Um, they rescued the initial the first one, one. their initial one for all, and they were like, "Oh, we were there when you know at his peak. All for one was at his peak, and you know we fought and we fought and we fought, and they're just like, can we really trust him?" And he's like, "Yeah, we gotta trust him. Like he's a good, he's a good dude. He's powerful. Like he's unlocked the true secret to one for all, which is you had to be quirkless to use this to its full extent." Which makes me wonder, was all for one quirkless? I think his quirk is that muscle growth. His initial quirk was that. I that's why I'm, that's why I'm guessing because I, I haven't seen Deku do that yet when he got it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's his, and he probably doesn't know it. Mm. Oh, you mean like when All Might t- turns into buff? Yeah, buff All Might. Yeah. No, I meant all for one. You think that's oh. all for ones? Oh, then 
No, yeah, it was all I'll, I'll, corkless. Because we know, that. we know, uh, what's his face? All Might was corkless. Yeah. Yeah, we knew that. Okay. How come All Might I, I, didn't use his other powers? Wait, what? How come All Might didn't use all those other powers? All he used was like flight. And I mean, he probably used the danger sense too. I don't know, actually. Yeah, like why did he? Unless, unless they were all off screen or. Maybe. Or just didn't need them. Uh, or just they just didn't really fully cooperate with him and or did they really talk to him. But he knew about it. Like he's like, oh he yeah, he knew about it, but, this, but I don't think they offered the power to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Guru the pig was blocked for five minutes. I was ch- I was trying the um the timeout feature. Okay, well he's not even here, so just in case. But yeah, I can't wait for this next battle. This whole season is just a fucking battle. I don't know. Tell me what you thought of Starman's fucking principle of what he was saying. I don't buy that at all. Like, what the With fuck what? is he smoking? With which part? That he's like, oh, season season five was the best season, and season four wasn't that great, and season hold six on, isn't. Uh, hold on, Toshinori only knew of the super strength. Okay. Mm. All right, so he didn't know about the powers. They probably didn't even get. So okay, that makes sense. Interesting. All righty. But yeah, so, so what do you think about that? We had this discussion. We're mostly in agreement in terms of what the best, uh, what hold the on. seasonal ranking was. Well, he got more. Deku's the only vestige who could use the powers because of reasons. Because <laughs> of reasons. Because of reasons. Because plot. Yeah, because may have good show to MC. Because fucking plot. God damn it. I said I don't think it's the best season, but it's a good build up. This season six? No, I'm saying season five. Yeah, season five is it did a lot of work. It's a good build up with the a lot of storytelling. Stuff. It was very much like season uh basically as outside of the school arc, Deku's Deku's new pa- find out about the other powers. Yeah. Endeavor's past a bit, especially with the Todoroki family. Yeah. And the vill- and the villain academia. Yeah, it was good. And, yeah, it was, it's a good, it was really it's, good. It's good build up, but as I wouldn't say it's a favorite. No, I gave it a four. I think. Season, yeah, basically, season basically four the, was a five. Best. It was. Where did he say that there was no action really in season four? Because season four was the the gentle hero arc, and then it was the battle, right? Yeah, the overhaul arc. Yeah, it was the overhaul arc. It was gen- it was the gentle criminal, and then I, I like gentle. <laughs> I like gentle criminal. Yeah, he was fun, but yeah. <laughs> Shaking my fucking head, dude. But I don't know what. Much, but I think my only, I think my big complaint with season four is too much Kirishima. It's like, dude, stop trying to make him happen. Come on, he's not, he's not gonna happen. <laughs> wasn't that bad. I know, but again, too much of is, him. When... Is he, is he the Wheeler Yuta of my hero? <laughs> yes, actually, yes. For that season, he was the fucking Wheeler useless. Yes, he's not Wheeler useless. I hate but, that. Like, I don't like. I don't I, like I, him. I, I, I know, but he did try really too hard to push him. He did good though. I didn't mind. It. No, he, he was fine, but I, not in the main event level. Yeah, he's, of course he's not main event level. It's like yeah, no. you know, it's, it's like Wheeler Yuri. He's not main event level, but I like watching him fight. I like him watching. I like watching that, him fight a lot more we, than as I like Garcia. Wheeler is talented, but yeah, when Tony had that fucking Yuta and Garcia face main event, it was like that. Was I like Garcia much. too. Like I, Garcia soured a little bit during that. I like Wheeler. I like Wheeler more than I like. Daniel. I need him away from JS. You judge him better. But then he, he's not really anything else though. Like he needs to be in a faction, I think. But he just needs to be in something far less corny. Anyway, we digress. We digress. But uh, let's move on. But no, I, I, I don't. I would not call it the best season. No, I wouldn't. Season either. six definitely. Is. All righty, let's get to now. Let's get to the actual winter. <laughs> uh, let's do. Oh yes, we 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 draw supply class. Yeah, we did. Uh, inspector. Uh, let's do inspector. Yeah. Inspector. Take it away. <laughs> All right. Um. Where do we pull off at? Uh, oh, the all right. So basically, um, I always forget her name. Uh, I always want to say Kana Segawa, but that's not correct. Is it? 
Which one, the guy or the Iwanaga? Sorry, I know Iwanaga. I know Kuro's easy because it's black. Iwanaga. So basically, the they tell Iwanaga the story. What are you listening I know, to? I know. Okay, continue. What the fuck are you listening to? No, uh, it's a podcast on the on the phone. I, I clicked it by accident. Oh, you keep it up? No, no, I actually clicked it because uh, what you call it? It said uh, Marte commented on it. How come we don't see it here? I have no idea. Anyway, all right. So we got a reaction though. Came up. All right. Anyway, um, Iwanaga uh, and Kuro are briefed of everything that happens. They try to come up with various like ideas for why that was. Um, eventually they, they surmise basically that it is a grudge basically that, um, is the curse indeed. And they're like, well, what's the solution to try? And, um, I just want to go back. What did he say? Let's see what Chris said. Chris said, I just want to say going back to fire hunter, the spider people are making the show interesting, but I've been preferring, uh, kind of the great snow sea in the post fantasy esque apocalyptic type shows, which we're not watching. Uh, yeah, like I said, well, if it gets better, I will go back, but that's again, it's just yeah, makes sense. Continue. Anyway, so they're like, How are we going to defeat this thing? Well, they're like, Well, it's easy, let's just blow it up. Like, duh, why didn't we think of that sooner? That's fucking smart. But Iwanaga comes up with a good point. They're like, Oh, if this is supposed to be like, you know, kind of like they basically explain it's kind of like a voodoo doll type of thing where like they they suspect that this is meant to fucking curse out like the the people that killed the the little boy and if you defeat the monster then you're going to kill those people which is bad and so um they basically hatch a plan we see kuro get electrocuted i think like six or seven times and kuro ends up um managing to get him to like the point and they basically have like a sand trap and they they basically trap it in a hand and then as the lightning is about to go up they have his hand is up and the lightning is about to go up they manage to tie his hand up so he can't shoot anything but the sky and he repeatedly shoots the sky and eventually nothing happens kuro ends up um after he revives he goes back to um he faces the um the 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 wooden doll and they're like, oh, does it have any of like anybody's like, you know, like names in there? And they're like, yep, they're like etched in there. And they're like, well, how do we get rid of it? And um, they were like, well, why don't you just like chip it off? I'm like, okay. So they chipped it off. They started off with the old woman. Um, what's her name again? The old woman? The old woman, yeah. Like, like Tanasan, Terasan, something with a T. Hold on, hold on. Tanasan. Taysan, thank you. Yeah. So they basically start off with Tyson. And um, they chip off her thing, expecting her to like, go through like some writhing pain or have a stroke or something, and nothing happens. They're like, okay. So then they basically go and they um, they chip off the rest of the names. Nothing happens to the people. They're able to easily defeat the doll. And the episode kind of ends with basically Tyson taking the remnants of the of the of the um, of the doll, throwing it in the sea so it gets buried in the sea. And Iwanaga and Kuro basically go on their way um, and do like some touristy shit. You know, there's a couple flirty scenes and stuff, you know, with them, of course. But she just wants Kuro to drink sake off her veg. Basically, I I mean, shit, I would. Yeah, uh, I just hope she's clean. I mean, you gotta think so, right? She better better. She's a goddess, pals. You gotta wonder, like, what is that process to like freshen the veg? You know, like, so it's not like, I don't know. I've never watched a woman like clean herself. So it's like, I don't know what that process entails. So it's like, to, yeah. it's, where it's always fresh. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Curious thoughts from the pervert of the group. Yeah. Anyway, it's a yeah, because the man who doesn't understand TMI. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I did, like I said, I did a lot of fucking last night. I know you did. I'm still tired. Hey, thank you, Chris. So that after the fact. Um, anyway. Solid episode, nothing really to be like, oh my god, you know, like the other seasons. 
uh, or the other episodes, I should say, but solid nonetheless. All right. All right. Uh, let's move on to high card. Uh, first half was very fucking weird. Didn't like the first half. It, no, very, very, as Chris said, degeneracy with the hand holding fucking horse. Where did he say that? No, he, he, no, when we were talking outside of this. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, he's like, it's a fucking degenerate. It's like, who? It's like, you'll see. And yeah, hand holded. My God. No. Stop. How lewd. How lewd. How, they, they didn't even spot. They didn't even censor it. It is a fucking Christian channel, man. <laughs> if this was World's End Harm, it would be black. Yeah, exactly. Fucking Sharpie drawn over. Sharpie drawn over half the screen because they're holding hands. Two men holding hands. Exactly. All righty. Uh, basically, uh, it's now, it's, it focuses on uh, Finn and Chris. As they're looking for another card, and it is held by what's that woman's name? I think Brittany. Or is it Brandy? No, not Brandy. No, not Brandy. Not Brandy Rhodes. Stop thinking about who the fuck is Mike open Mike Night Bitches. Yeah, you, you, what is it? You're a black something? Uh, you might be a black belt, but I'm a black, black bitch. bitch. <laughs> that was stupid, but like that is it was a great line. I don't care uh, how like irrelevant that is. That was a great fucking line. Uh anyway, her name is Chelsea. Chelsea. I knew it was something white girl. It was a white girl name, yes. Yeah, white girl as fuck. So basically, uh, Chris and Finn basically corner her. Chris tries to do some pickup line to get her attention. He does. Finn tries to pickpocket her, but she's used to this. And she's like, you guys are trying to go after the card, huh? Play! Love connection! Hold hands permanently! Yep. One of the stupidest fucking cards I've seen thus far. I was like, there's always that one. Because we got the back, especially because we got the backstory of the cards and like the blood oath that was given. I was like, like, who thought this was a good idea? Who thought, what, how is that helpful in war? It's like, who is the the Knights of the Round? Let's see, you guys. Yeah. Knights of the Circle Jerk? Knights of the Round? Exactly. (laughs) That's what it is. Knights of the Circle Jerk? Exactly. I think that's why you did it. (laughs) Somebody came up with that card so they you'll never let go of your fucking cock. Exactly. What the fuck? You must touch penises, both of you. Right, like fucking knights. Don't of the stop! Sword. Don't don't stop until one of you finishes. Knights of the permanent sword fighting. What the fuck? Yes, it is it is a two. Yes, two of diamonds. That's the cup. Yes, I thought it was two of hearts. No, it's two of diamonds. It would have made sense for it to be two of hearts given love connection. But... I know, I know. I I figure like they would be fiend with the symbols with the suit. Yeah, you would think right. Like diamonds should be like the most powerful of the two. Um, spades will be like the most unique. Um, no clubs, right? Club. Club would be the most unique. Yeah, heart Spades would be emotion. Heart would be emotion. Uh, spade would be like kind of cool, edgy, maybe or something destructive. Yeah, destructive, sure. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, so yeah, so basically, uh, Chris and Finn, their hands are, have been stuck, and basically they're trying to find Chelsea, chased her around everywhere, in bars, in cars, everywhere. At the pool. Is at it the restaurant? Wendy's? Is it Wendy's and Heart? Was it the Wendy's yeah. the crazy girl? Yeah, she, yeah, she's a. I believe she's a, she has a heart. Is it a heart? No, uh, Ace of Spades. She has Ace of Spades. Yeah, I was you know my literal thought was like yo what like I wonder what the aces do. I didn't even realize it was Ace of Spades. What is Chris's? Chris's is like eight, right or seven? It's like seven of diamonds, right? And one of them has a diamond. Yeah, let's see, Chris with immortality. Uh, he's the hearts. He's five of hearts. Five of hearts and he's immortality. Like you would think that would be a higher edge card, right? Immortality. You would think that would be like that would be like yeah. an eight or a nine or a seven at least. Yeah. Uh Vijay is Vijay. I can say Vijay. It sounds Vijay. like you're trying to say short for vagina. Vijay. Yes. Vijay. 
Regina. <laughs> uh, he has the three of clubs. Uh, Finn is what three of three of spades. Two of spades. Two of spades. Okay. Yeah, and a core, and Leo is seven diamonds. And I'm sure uh, the main boss has a card too that we don't know about, like the CEO. Oh, uh, what's his? Uh, what's it? I don't know. It's not good. You got to think the two main villains have like aces themselves. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't. Even, yeah, we, I, I don't think I don't think Klondike revealed his. No, Klondike hasn't revealed his. The the main guy from um from Pinnacle hasn't revealed his. We don't know what card the fucking Gravity Woman has, but it's got to be a high end card. You got to think. Right. So, um. Anyway, we digress. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, basically, uh, basically half this episode is just trying to chase it, trying to chase Chelsea, but they keep failing every single time. Right. In every situation, and then Chris right. is getting frustrated because he has his dates tomorrow. Yep, and Finn's like, "Why? I was so important about the date." But they eventually go actually retreat back to Finn's house to like, "Hey, we, we got yeah. we but have to before, rest." We've... Before that, before they rest, the entire reason why they give up is because Chelsea basically calls out Chris and was like, "Listen, like, yo, like you're a piece of shit person. Like you're a liar. You're a manipulator. Like you have all these facades. You're never your true self." And Chris is just like, "Yeah." You got me. That's who I am, bitch. So like, I know. Yeah, and the sky's blue. Whatever. Exactly. And, um, and then she's like, that's why I'll never give you the card because you're not a real person. And she fucking just dips. Yep. And uh yeah, they eventually they retreat for now. Yeah. Uh Chris doesn't tell Finn like why the date's so important, but we find out why it's for his sister Michelle. Yes. And, and she's a and nice... she knows she knows nothing about the job, the high car yeah. job. Well, she's a very nice, sweet girl. Yeah, and then yeah, and they're like, "Oh, why are you guys holding hands?" Like, oh no, we're just uh, we're coworkers and all this. Like they're just playing along, like playing on with the lie. No, though they play along that they were a gay couple. Yeah, that too. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, they all stop by at the uh, cafe, and of course Chelsea's there. Yep. And Michelle comes back. Who's this? Oh, this is our friend. Yeah, come back. She started coughing. She started coughing, yeah. and then Chris is like, "Are you okay?" And I knew automatically. I was like, "Oh, she's sick." Right. And so well, like, we didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah we know how bad it was. So like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go to the bathroom. So then they see Chelsea, and she works there as a part time job. Yeah, and she gets roped into their fucking shenanigans. Yeah, because Michelle comes back and says, like, "Hey, who's this?" They're like, oh, it's our, it's our friend. Yeah, she's coming what? with us. What? Yeah. And she's like, you know what? That's fine. I'm going to expose Chris for being a liar because she realized, oh, you're lying to your sister. Yeah, but basically, who, I'm, um, I'm going to show her what what a piece of shit you are. So wow, I heard you were flirting with me, and I was like, yeah. Chris is like, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I brush it off, make up all these We're excuses. Off, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're they're hanging around town, doing some shopping. Yep. And suddenly there's a collapse. <laughs> yes, she's like, "Let's go on the Ferris wheel," and then she collapses, starts coughing blood, and Chris frantically looks at Chelsea, like, "Unlock us! This is serious. This is not bullshit." She does. They rush her to the hospital. She goes into like some like surgery and testing, yeah. and we find out basically that. Uh, she has a terminal illness, and it's the same illness as her mother. We find out that they aren't actual biological sisters and brothers; like they were orphans. He, he, yeah, he's so they're just like Finn. And meanwhile, we forgot to also mention, like at that time, um, Finn had a dream, and he has this continual dream where he sees the vision of his like mother and his father and his brother passing away, and he has no idea what happened. He doesn't remember the accident; just that he's the only one that survived. But he has constant PTSD nightmares over it. Which I thought was a little interesting tidbit to, to right. think, and that'll lead to some sort of storytelling later on of what really happened. 
So that'll be interesting. This happened seven years ago, so I don't think it has anything to do with the cards, but I bet you it has something to do with maybe the Klondikes or something. All right. And yeah, Chris is like, yeah, and that he lies again to Chelsea and Finn say, oh, she's going to be okay. Like, no, like she's sick. I'm, she's dying. This is the hospice ward. What the fuck? Chris made a good point, though. Chris is like, little white lies that help people feel better aren't a bad thing, which is very true. And so, you know, Chelsea's like, I think I understand who you are now. And she's like, I'm not giving you the card, though. And she's like, I'm, because basically Finn and Chris, no, Finn called her out on it. She's like, you don't need a card. Because she wants the card basically to find a lover. A soulmate. Yeah. A soulmate and then never let go of him with a, with a card, which is completely creepy and stalkerish. Yeah. But, you know, she's like, he's like, you don't need a card to find a good man. Like, you're not that bad of a woman. You know what I mean? So she's like, you know what? There'll come a day when I won't need this card. And when that day comes, I'll give you the card. And so Chris is like, then I make a promise to you that the day that you're willing to give me the card back, I'll be the one to show up and take it from and end episode. Yeah, basically looking forward to it. So the first half was lame. Second half was really nice. Yeah. And of course, Chelsea is working at the cafe that they're that they're no really well, Chelsea just bounces around because when they when they confronted her before she dipped and she told Chris that you're a lying piece of shit. She's like, I don't have a job. I couch surf with my friends. But I'm saying like now, like she's like working at where they hang out. So I think we're gonna see a little bit more of her. Hmm. Maybe. Right. Anyway, let's move on. Moving on. Uh, Nakatora. Um, decent episode. It's basically uh, half is, is mostly like a judo episode. It is a judo episode. So basically the episode starts off and Senpai is in judo class. And Senpai, of course, sucks at judo. And yep. he's like, oh, I wonder if Nagatoro would laugh at me while she's there. And she's like, of course, Nagatoro's creeping on him. And he looks at Senpai, fucking wimp. You fucking wimp. Yep. And then at the end of the class, the judo instructor is like, hey, we got a, a, a school judo tournament coming up. And she's like, oh, Nagatoro. And Nagatoro dips. Nagatoro yep. doesn't, doesn't say why, up. just dips. Just dips. Doesn't show up to the, the, cl- the club room after work, after school. And all of a sudden, we see Gamo and um, and Yoshi come yep. in. And they're like, oh, like, Hayachi! Hayachi! Yep. You know, they're fucking. Hey, Pizet, I heard you like judo. Like, oh, yeah, like, come oh. to the gym. No, 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 no. So she's like, oh, they're like. Oh, Paisen, you're the only one here. And so he musters up the courage and is like, hey, does Nagatoro like judo? And she's like, well, funny you say something about judo. Here's a flyer. Come to my gym. And on the flyer... How do these high schoolers have a gym? It's got to be a family gym that she's like a really good... Like, I, like, I don't must fucking be a, know. Like, how, well, Gamo's pretty badass. We find out when he goes to the gym, Gamo and Nagatoro fighting, and yeah. it's like a legitimate MMA battle. Literally, dude, when I saw that, I was like, oh, they're Siri. This is Siri. Siri must go to this gym. No comments, but yeah, no, no, she was awesome. Who's Siri? What? <laughs> the joke from Curtis. Who's Siri? Yes. Have you? Did you? Side note, complete sidebar. Did you see um some of the the, the tags from uh from Russell Cringe in terms of when they named Siri like one of the best uh one of the best uh what's it called? Was she named the best um woman? She was uh, certainly in the running. Let me let me look. I sent the thing to my brother. Women's Wrestling MVP. Siri. Yep. Sayuri, yep. So there were so many people they were like, oh, she's just some fucking Joshi play wrestler. And they were like, they were basically saying like, oh, like she's not shit. Like they're like, bro, like she would beat your ass. And the guy's like, yeah, no, no. Like, I'm a man. Like I'll just slap her and corny and I 
Jim Cornette and I will kick the shit out of her and send her back to Kenny Omega's fetish fucking groom place. And I'll, she is you know, she is none of those things, bro. Like that's the one thing I hate about like the cult, bro. Like some of them are yeah, just yeah. Oh, they're, they're, like, they're, 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 a lot, a lot of them are very annoying. So fucking Jesus Christ, offbeat, dude. Like yo, Siri would legitimately kill. A, a random yeah, fucking yeah. Yeah, they they focus so much so much on Tokyo Joshi Pro with all gimmicks. But yeah, as I do, that she's nothing like that. No, she'll fucking that. yeah. I wish, I wish she was an AEW to show what she can do, but no, they prefer the gimmicks because they're division shit. They need more Mia Yamashita. They need more her. D- didn't they fuck her up when she came? Was she like she was like botchy with Thunder Rosa? Yeah, she botched something with Thunder Rosa, and then she lost like both her matches. I think. Um, yeah, still, they need more of her to show her off, and I don't even mind Yuka Sakazawa because, like, outside of her lame gimmick, like, she's a good wrestler, she's a good she's female, not bad. she's not a bad wrestler at all, you know. So, yeah. but her gimmick is just too like it, US won't get that no, anyway. We digress, yeah, we digress, we digress, yeah. So, basically, um, so uh, Senpai goes to the gym, sees Nagatoro and Gamo f- having a legitimate battle, like, back yeah. and forth battle. And Nagatoro gets distracted when she sees Senpai. Senpai and fucking Gamo hits her with a fucking cross, sends her flying, right? And they're like, that's a knockdown. They're like, I yep. was okay. Like, whoop, you got distracted and you got fucking knocked down. Exactly. So Nagatoro's like, why the fuck are you even here, Senpai? And she's like, and he, she's like, you know, it's like kind of annoyed. And she's like, I want to learn judo from you. Please teach me judo. He comes up with courage. And so Nagatoro runs away and Senpai is like, oh, you know, why should I expect anything less? Like, you know, I just randomly showed up while she's training and I, uh, I distracted her. And Senpai comes back with a gi, or sorry, Nagatoro comes back with a gi and was like, well, if you insist, but you're not going to be a shameless piece of shit if I train you. Yeah. So they train. She, he gets his ass kicked. Gamo and, and, and Nagatoro have a good fight back and forth. Again, once, you know, Senpai's taking a break from getting his ass kicked, Gamo and Nagatoro have a, a rematch and fucking they're, you know, going back and forth. And Nagatoro hits Gamo with the slickest fucking judo throw. That was a really nice judo throw they animated. And Senpai is just in amazement. Like, oh my god, that's so amazing, right? And so the episode ends, and we'll get to it in a second, but the episode ends... Uh, I'll be right back. Keep talking. Okay, sorry. So the episode ends with Nagatoro and and Senpai walking home. And Senpai is like, so did you really do judo? And she's like, yeah, I did judo, but... I wasn't, you know, like I kept I kept losing to certain people and I got tired of losing and I was stuck. And so it didn't become fun anymore. So I, I dipped. And so she's like, all right, well, I'm going to leave now. And um, as she's walking away, Senpai is like, hey, um, I love that throw that you did to Gamo. And a little embarrassed. Nagato was like, what are you talking about? And she just runs full speed home. And so that's where the episode ends. Or so we thought, because there's an after credit. So the president of the uh of the art club calls senpai over and again uh yoshi and gamo go to the club room and they just see nagatoro by herself in the club room and she's like oh i'm surprised you're not with senpai right now and she's like oh i haven't seen senpai oh senpai is with the club president learning judo what nani and she goes running toward the club president meanwhile the club president is is fighting with with uh with senpai and Senpai's like, how did you even know I was, like, doing judo? She's like, oh, like, the friends from the cat girl, a.k.a. Nagatoro, told me that you were learning judo. I'll help you with judo. And he's like, all right. So he goes into a throw, and he grabs the collar to do the throw. 
And of course, the president isn't wearing any fucking shirt underneath it. So it's just full humongous titties out. He gets distracted because he sees full titties in his face. He gets thrown over and he gets fucking titty smushed. Like she is just fucking, he's just all up in the crack of the titties, just all up in that shit. And fucking Nagatoro busts through the door of the, of the dojo, sees Senpai's motorboating the fucking president, and she loses her shit. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And Nagatoro comes busting in trying to save Senpai. And basically, um, the club president is like, oh, well, you know, you tried to teach him. It didn't look too great. So I'll teach him. And Senpai, to his credit, was like, you know, I appreciate it, President, but I have Nagatoro training me, and I want to continue training with Nagatoro. And Nagatoro, of course, gets all embarrassed, but she's really happy that Senpai stuck up with her and wants to be training with her. And the episode ends with uh, the President saying, like, okay, that's what you want to do. That's completely fine with me. And so that's how that episode ended. So that was a, a cute little episode. Cute little episode indeed. What do we got next? Um, I don't want to talk about Buddy Daddies because I want Matt here. Um... I definitely want Matt here for Tokyo Revenger. Um, Tomo-chan will be later. So let's go with Trigun next. Trigun. What the fuck happened in Trigun? Um, oh, fuck. I feel like I would need Matt here for this too. Son of a bitch. So basically with Trigun, I could start off while he's not here. Trigun continues on this week with the episode between Nicholas and... Um, what's his name? Rolo? I forget his name. Um, what did Matt tell me? Matt said you can do... Ice Guy next if I don't get back in time and I'm done. Okay, so he wants me to do Ice Guy. No problem. That's no problem. I'll skip uh I'll skip Trigun for now. All right, so Ice Guy. Um, so what happened in Ice Guy? Basically, the episode starts off with uh Himuro basically walking home from, from, from work. He passes a shop and sees a pretty pair of earrings, and he goes, Oh, Fuyuski always wears earrings. Let's buy her these earrings for Christmas. So he buys the earrings and off we go. Um, when we get back from the OP, we see um, Fuyutsuki and um, Komori talking. And Komori is like, hey, I want a free ski trip. Why don't you come with me? We go skiing. And she's like, oh, I've never gone skiing. You should go with somebody else. She's like, no, you can learn. At that moment, of course, Humuro comes around the corner. And is like, hey, are you good at skiing? He goes, yeah, actually, I'm pretty good at skiing. He's like, oh, great. You can come with us. And then, of course, uh, Saijima comes around the corner. And Saijima's like, oh, like, oh, well, while we're all here, let's go ahead and all go skiing together. We'll make it a Christmas party. Huh? Okay, Christmas party. And they go to the lodge. Um, Fuyuski tries to learn skiing from Humuru. Humuru is a natural because, of course, he's the descendant of, of a Yukiona. And so he's like, oh, with his Kansai dialect, it was like, oh, you just got to do a swoosh and a wash. And that's how you stop and go. So she tries. She busts her ass. And of course, Himuro being the obsessive person he is, he's like, oh my god, you're so cute doing everything. You can fart and it's the most adorable thing ever. That's basically how he's acting. And so uh, Komori comes in, saves the day and is like, no. So she breaks down like exactly what you need to do. You need to point your skis. You need to lower your center of gravity. Then you got to basically use your gra- your like center of gravity and like give yourself momentum to ski. And then if you want to, you know, stop, you kind of like pull back your center of gravity back to central while keeping everything kind of like, you know, like like jagged, but, you know, still straight. She gets it. She gets to ski. Everything is good. Right. So once she figures out how to ski, the gang is like, why don't we go to the slopes now? And um, Saijima is like, hey, there's like a a curry shop up there. Let's all. And Humuro's like, that's great. Let's why don't we have a curry? So as they're on the ski lift um himuro comments like oh i forgot that my sister is at a is doing a part-time job at a ski lodge so the gang is like oh well uh 
we see your sister and he's like nah i doubt that uh she's working at this ski lodge wouldn't you know who won the pony she's at the ski lodge and so they come in and she they're welcomed by his sister her name is yuki mean um a little bit younger she's kind of like a social media person but she's working the part-time job and uh she gets embarrassed she's like oh yeah i do makeup videos i do dances and so they're like oh cool what's your what's your uh what's your youtube channel and she's like, I don't give it out to real life people, you know. And so Saijima looks it up, like Yuki Mean Channel, and it's like, oh, her best known video is her just stuffing her face with fucking ramen, um, and she gets embarrassed over that. And Fuyutsuki tries to tell her, like, no, it's all good. And she's like, wait, are you Fuyutsuki San? And she goes, yeah, I'm Fuyutsuki. And she's like, oh my god! And she like starts like talking to her, and of course Himuru gets nervous automatically because. She's like, oh man, she's gonna fuck. He's gonna, she's gonna, he's, she's gonna fuck up my shit with with Fuyutsuki. And so eventually, um, Yukimin is like, no, get the fuck away. Like Fuyutsuki's my friend now. And they go off to like a little like section, I guess. And she's like, hey, I'm really worried. And Fuyutsuki's like, huh? And she's like, oh, like you know, Hamurakun just doesn't like you know conform sometimes. And I hope he's not causing trouble. And Fuyusuke's like, no, like he doesn't cause trouble. Like he's really helpful. I'm really grateful that he's around. And of course, Yukimin is like, oh my God, I love you. And Himura loses his shit and is like, get the fuck away from her. What are you doing? That's my woman. Show some decorum. And she's like, no, yada, 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 yada. And so that was a cute little segment. We move on after that. And they're in the uh the the ski the lodge. Like they have like a little lodging home. And they decide to do a takoyaki party. And yeah, uh, they did takoyaki. yes, takoyaki and champagne. And so they proceed to have takoyaki. It's a good time. And they proceed to drink a bunch of champagne. They run out of champagne and you see Komori drunk like, oh, we're out of booze. And so Fuyutsuki volunteers herself to go get some more. And of course, Sumura volunteers himself to go follow Fuyutsuki because he's a fucking stalker. And so they're walking. They have a conversation. You know, it's a nice conversation. And as they're having this conversation, um, they stumble upon a lit Christmas tree, beautiful Christmas tree in the middle of the forest. And this is his opportunity, uh, Himuro's, to give the gift that he bought for Fuyutsuki. And he gives her the gift. And it's a warm blanket, not yep. the earrings. And Fuyutsuki, regardless, is, you know, she gets a tiny bit emotional. And she's like, I didn't get you anything. And, you know, Himuro, to his credit, was like, you know, you didn't have to. Like, just being here is good enough with you. And I'm sorry I caused you trouble. I figured, you know, I give you the blanket so you don't get cold. And she's like, I don't mind when you cause blizzards. She's like, whenever I'm with you, my heart always has this fuzzy, warm feeling. And I was adorable. That was a cute little line. And, of course, he loses his shit. More blizzard. And um, while they're out, uh, Saijima mentions to Komori, like, hey, they've been gone for a while. And Komori's like, yeah, don't worry about it. They'll be fine. And I was really hoping that at that moment they would expound a little bit on their relationship. Like, he would take a step or she would take a step. And nothing happened from there. Uh, the next day, everything is good. They end up going back home. And um, along the way, um, we basically see, you know, again, another thank you from Fuyutsuki for the blanket. They have a nice conversation. And Hamuru um looks like he has a flashback and he's basically walking home and he's at a stoplight waiting for the track the light to turn so we can walk and he overhears two girls saying like oh like unwanted accessories are like creepy like it's too pushy and of course he bought her an unwanted accessory for christmas the earrings so he runs back to return the earrings and he's like i gotta find a less pushy gift hence the blanket yep and they also have the conversation, Fuyutsuki and Himuro, how, you know, uh, Yukimin was like genuinely caring for him and they had a good conversation. And so the episode ends with uh, Himuro texting Yukimin saying, good job. 
And uh, Yukinin is like, what the fuck? Like, I'm leaving him on red. End episode. And, oh, sorry. The, and then the episode ends officially with Himuro staring out the window saying, I hope I can come back here next year with Fuyutsuki son. End episode. Did you see the after credit? There was an after credit? Yeah, with the sister. She was like, do, do another one of those eating challenge videos. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, she did that. <laughs> it was mm. cute. Mm. All right. Next one Tokyo Revengers. I was waiting because I, when you left, I was like, what am I going to do? Yes. I was like, I don't want to do. I was like, literally going through the list and I was like, I, I don't want to do. Uh, what's it called? That, that's why I was like, you know, just do this one. I was like, I don't want to do Revengers next. I was like, I don't want to do Buddy Daddies next because that's one of yours, and that was a good episode. I was like, let's go with Trigun, and I started talking about Trigun, and you're like, oh, do Ice Guy? I was like, all right. I was like, you know, like no, I want to be there. I want to be there for Trigun. You want to be there for Trigun? All right, good enough. All right, so we'll go with Tokyo Revengers next. Go ahead, man. Uh, uh, basically, the fights, the fight carries on with the Shiva family. Yuzaha tries to attack Taiju head on. Of course, that fails. Of course. But uh, what did you expect to happen? What did you even... Shaking my fucking head. Yeah, uh, the only course of action is basically beat Taiji to death. Yep. To stop Hakai from turning down this path of evil. Basically, yeah, basically talking to me, like, I'll do it myself without any of you guys. Okay. Yeah, and, um... <laughs> so who comes... <laughs> who steps in? Uh, uh... Takachan, it is Mitsuya. Yeah, I don't know why I said it's not Mitsuya. I'm sorry. Anyway, but no, not yet. Not yet. But no, Mitsuya, uh, he comes in, uh, basically saying, "You know what? Fuck this truce." Because yeah, as soon as you land your hands on them, that deal was off. Bats are off. You're getting your ass kicked. Facts. So yeah, um, so yeah, uh, Mitsuya, he starts fighting on his own for a little bit. Yeah, and he's not, able to absorb not, the blows. Not, not, nothing big, like no big blows, but he's like he's been dodging. He's been... Yeah, he's dodging. Yeah. He can land a couple things. He bruised up his face a little bit. Yeah, him being uh, Taiju pronouns, pal. Exactly. Uh, all that is going on, and basically Takemichi's like, "So, um, when's uh, Draken and Mikey coming? Right? Because you came, right? That means you called people." Yeah, we saw them earlier. They were like driving somewhere. Yeah, they're they're on their bi- on their bikes. Yeah. Yeah, they're going somewhere unknown. Yeah, but yeah, um, something tells me. I mean, you've read the manga. Are they gonna go see? Are they going to see Kasaki and Hanma? I'm not telling you. So they're going somewhere with purpose in regards to this. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, what you call it? Mitsu is like, yeah, I didn't call them. And, like, and Takamichi's like, huh? No. Like, like no, like it's not Tobin business. We're fucked. And as he drops down to his knees, he's like, we're fucked. We're going to die. But, yeah, eventually Chief of You comes in. Yep. Say, like, all right, like, yeah. Everybody fucking hurts, and Mitsu, uh, you found me tied up. Yep. Explain what happened. Yep. And this is why we're here. Yep. And meanwhile, uh, uh, Mitsuya is still fighting, and as he's starting to get the upper hand, he's like, uh, Taiju's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm getting tired. Let's end this. And all of a sudden... Wham! Yeah, metal rod to the face, and he goes limp. And they're like, "Oh my god, he's not moving!" And what's his name? The guy who hit him? I don't think they said his name. They did say his name. I just don't remember it. White hair guy. I know. I'm trying to figure or out. Light, it should be a platinum blonde guy. Platinum blonde hair guy. Uh, anyway, he's like, "Yeah, well, of course he's not going to move." I hit him with my death blow as hard as I could with all my might. Duh. Yeah. He like, yeah. He he ain't got enough. <laughs> he gets up. He's unconscious. Like he starts getting up and he's bleeding and he's probably most likely got a concussion. And he's like, uh, no, I guess Haji, Haji, Hajime. Hajime. No, Hajime is the uh, the black haired guy. He has he has silver in his hair. He has black and silver. 
No, I'm talking about the platinum blonde guy. Hajime comes in as well. Yeah, but yeah, um, like, oh yeah, so I hope the 100,000 yen was worth. Worth it, bitch. Basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, this was a setup. Yeah, it was a setup from the jump. And so basically, after some discussion, they, they come to the agreement like, hey, Chifuyu, I'm going to go after the, the platinum blonde guy. Takamichi, you go after um, Hajime. And, uh, and every time uh, Hajime, yeah. I think of Ohara from fucking Noah. Yes. Good wrestler. Anyway, oh, yeah. you go after him. And uh, Mitsuya, I'll go, he, uh, he'll go still, after him. He's still going to go after Taiji, yep. Yep. And none of that works. All three of them get their ass kicked. And all of a sudden, and no, he tries to get, sorry, it's supposed to be uh, Mitsuya. And he gets, um, what's his dick? The brother. I forget his Hakai. name. Hakai. Hakai. He gets Hakai to join him. Like, come on, together. We'll get on your brother. We can kill your brother. Let's do it. Right? And so he goes, ah! Yeah, he starts going in by himself. And then Hakai's too scared. Hakai pulls back and he's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Mitsuya gets whacked in the face. He goes unconscious again. Fucking Chifuyu gets his ass kicked. Takamichi gets his ass kicked, and he's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And then what? And then uh, Takamichi, he comes out like face bruised from uh, Taiju's hits. Yeah. And he says, I'm going to beat you and take Black Dragon. Huh? And that was it. Nani? And he gets, no, yeah. so he says that. He's like, I'll be the one to defeat him. And he gets his ass kicked a bunch of times. Like, he just pop, 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 pop. He's bleeding everywhere. Face is a fucking, like, swollen fucking mess. And Taiju's getting tired now. And he's like, why won't you fucking go down? And he's like, I, he's like, because I'm going to take Black Dragon. Like, this is it. And then that's where the credits end. It wasn't uh, a bad episode by any means, but still. No, it was better than the last two. But It was. They're, they're it's fine. They want to make sure it ends. <laughs> I know, buddy. All right, now, let's, now let's do Trigun. All right, let's do Trigun. Actually, I got to do my Japanese one. Go with Trigun. All right, so the, the Sand Steamer is crashing on all sides. Yes. With uh what's called Nicholas from uh what is brother Livio. The gang, everyone's trying to fight still. And while Olivio and Wolf Wolfwood are like shooting each other, the guards see this, <laughs> but they're like they're still getting each other like these guys ain't human, fuck this. We are out of here. <laughs> uh, what's going on? Uh Merrill and Roberto. Uh basically, yeah, they, they eventually get on this uh steamer. And uh, what, uh, who, what's that group? The Bandits? I haven't the faintest clue, honestly. I forget their names. I forgot what? their names. Yeah. Gang or some shit. Yeah, I forgot their names, but they're, they're like talking to Meryl Roberto. I was like, where's your war cry? Get pumped. <laughs> Get pumped before you die, basically. He's like, yeah! Steroids! Yeah. It was going on. And while was going on, these are Bandits again. They're escape left and right. And it's by Vash. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, Vash sees a Roberto Merrill, like, what are you guys doing here? It's like, we should be asking you that. Like, we're here to find you. And we go back to Wolfwood and uh, Livio. Uh, they're more fighting. Uh, Vash is, like, right there. He's, like, telling him, like, you I, you can save him. You don't have to kill him. Right. And he's, like, like, he's, like trigger something that he thinks would be able to, like, get him out of it. And, yeah, in and, and the flashbacks, you see Wolfwood with the uh, lighter. Mm-hmm. The thing he smokes with. Yep. And then all that like is going on. He's like trying to talk to talk to Livio, and and as he was about to recognize him, uh, the fucking he got exonerated by the I am Michael cult. Yeah. He starts losing it. And he shoots himself. Yep. Crazy. I was like, I was like, holy shit. 
Yep. But yeah, the Punisher loca- was locating them. And uh, yeah, Vash sees the uh, the eye that was by them the whole time. Yep. And just shoots it. Bang, bang. Yes. And uh, while this uh, thing is like starting to crash, Roberto's like, well, let's just give up as he has a drink. Fuck we're this. Just- we're going to die. Yep. <laughs> I like his style. <laughs> yep. I was like, we're not dudes. We gotta stop this. Like, we gotta get the plants. I like this. I like this with Meryl, though. I definitely like this with Meryl. Yes. Uh, but yeah, um, what you call it? Vash ha- has, a, has a plan. You want people to go here, go here. Yep. Yep. And Vash goes to where the plant is. Yep. And we'll get to him later, but we see him talking to it. Like, we need your help. Thing. That was a very powerful moment as well when he's talking to the point. Oh, the end. Oh, we'll get to it. Yeah, that. We'll, we're going to get to that in a second. Oh, God. So good. Uh, we have Wolfwood. He starts He starts shooting. It's starting to slow down. They barely succeeded with uh, avoiding collision. Yeah. Well, not quite aware. Like it's like it's still happening, but it's not going to be as catastrophic. Right. And uh, now Roberto, Meryl, Nick, they're all looking for Vash. And they see the plants. Yeah. And there's they see Vash talking to it. He's like, "What's going on?" He's not here? talking, but he's silent. But he's having yeah, a like, and, and, they're, and they're see, and they're yeah. They and see the like, plant isn't a, just a plant. The plant is a, literal, like a life form, a literal living life form, and it takes the shape of a, it appears to be a woman. Yeah. And when Vash turns around in this like moment of, and they see the patterns, like the patterns that are like on his body when we see same, him. And, same thing like knives. Yeah, and there are conclusions that. He's a plant part. He's a plant creature thing. Yeah, that's why he's so invincible and he's lived for so long. He is a living plant. That, that was crazy. So good. It is good. This is so fucking good. Easily in my top 10. Easily in the upper part of my top 10 so far. And we're, what, seven episodes into 13? We got five more, yeah. 12, okay. Yeah, dude. This is so fucking good. This yeah. is way better. I'm telling you, it is way better than No, Jack. it is. There's actual character development, especially with Nick. And they give you more reasons to care. Yeah. They give you more reasons to care. They give you more action. They give you more story immediately. It's not just silliness. They did manage to keep Vash as Vash with everybody loves. They gave Meryl more character depth other than being in love with Vash low-key and dealing with fucking uh with uh what's her face? Uh, Millie. Yeah. Then just dealing with Millie. Senpai is cool as fuck. Yeah, I like Roberto. Roberto's cool as fuck. Wolfwood, Wolfwood like is good. Said, Wolfwood is Wolfwood, and he's got even more backstory. We know from the jump he's a double agent instead of like just this bullshit back and forth. And what happened to him in the orphanage, and then this guy was and Livio, his childhood brother, yes. basically. And they the did orphanage. recover Livio as well. Yeah. They shot him in the head, but they recovered him. Right. So that's interesting. Um yeah, dude. Animation is perfectly fine. This is good CGI. This to me, the CGI in this is better than the CGI in Near. And the CGI in Near isn't bad by any means of the imagination, not at all. No, no, yeah, I was saying what Trika is a straight up CG, and they do yeah. it very well. With Near, it's a combination of yeah. CG, bit of 2D, some 3D. Yep. So we'll get to them later. That's our yes. event. Yes. But no, this is great, fantastic stuff. It is great. I, I'm I'm curious how this is going to end. It's not going to end though because it's only going to be like there's going to be another part to it, right? I'm talking another about Trigon. Season. Yeah, Trigon. There's going to be another season to it. Maybe I don't know. No, I think it's certain that like, it's going to be a long, like long because it's going to. They said this is the entire version of the manga just told in a different way. So there's more to it. They're not rushing through this, as far as I know. 
I've never read the Trigon manga, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Because right? for this, it's an original story. This take, took stuff from the manga. Yes. So I don't know. We'll find out. Indeed, we shall. Yeah, it just, it's just going to depend how it ends. Find out on the next episode of Trigon Stampede. All right, moving on. Uh, Tomo. I, you know, honestly, I would have wanted to put Buddy Daddies above or un, like right now because I just Tomo was the rom coms that we haven't gotten to are all just killer. They're killer. I guess we could do Buddy Daddies as a Coleman because we haven't done that. That's that, that, that's what I, that's what I was saving it for. All right, all right, fine. All right, Tomo. Super solid episode, especially the first half specifically. Yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, uh, basically, we have a summer party with Carol, Misuzu, Tomo. Yes, they're like doing like these like. Like who's the king type of thing? Yeah, who's the king? They draw and, the lot. Uh, Tomo's king is like uh, like impersonates Mizuzu. Tomo can't do it. Carol does it perfectly. Perfectly. And, and just Mizuzu gives us glare like you're dead. <laughs> yep. And now Mizuzu is the king. Excuse me. And then I thought she's gonna give revenge on Carol, but no, she just glares at Tomo. Says, "I want you to invite June to this uh to the festival, the firework festival." And you're going alone, just you two. Yep. And but so yeah, does. we'll get to that later. It's like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, so she does, and she goes, they basically go next door since they're next door neighbors. And June yeah. is like, she's like, Are they coming along? She's like, No, it'll just be us. And yeah, I like, like, I, like how, I like how they followed. Yeah. And she's like, you know, okay, right? And so like, oh great, right? But there's throughout this episode, there is a conflict because June is he doesn't realize because he's oblivious that he likes her. And, yeah. and for Tomo's part, which I totally 100% understand, Tomo is like conflicted because June has been acting weird and she has no idea why. Mizuzu obviously knows like, oh, she he definitely recognizes her as a woman now. And so that's why he's not, act, not acting the same. And so, you know, she's a little bit like apprehensive of everything. So from there, next scene happens um june goes on his way to the festivals waiting for her by the riverbank and uh uh tomo comes over and tomo looks stunning yeah she's in a yukata she has lip gloss on she's got a hairpin she's acting really like shy and feminine because she knows like you know this is actually like a, a date basically yeah and i laugh my ass off they go to the food stalls and the fucking guy is like oh jumbo you, where's uh where's tomo well, well not not the food stall one of the games one of the, the games. game stall sorry the game stalls like where's tomo and the guy's like hey tomo's like hey old man you forgot what the fuck i look like and and like huh? Huh? huh oh my god the fucking demon of the fucking game yeah, stalls they, yeah they, they thought tomo was, was way too tomboyish or just a guy but yeah straight up and they're like, and then he you? called the other stalls. He took hey. a picture, like a creep, sent them pictures. And yeah, they're yeah, like, hey, they're here. I wish I'd know. Wait till you get this surprise. And they started and like, I wish you told me already because they already cleaned me out. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so that was funny. Um, basically, I guess June went to the bathroom or something, and Tomo's by herself, and some guys approach her. I'm sorry, no, she touches, she touches a guy thinking it's June, and it's just some random guy. And she yeah. they go like, hey. You got a boyfriend? She's like, no, I don't got a boyfriend. Oh, so you're alone. Come hang out with us. And um, why is it? Why is it in this episode that every time like a guy like tries to hit on one of the girls, it's like rapey as fuck. It's never yeah, like cool as fuck. Tough, it's always rapey. Know. Like come behind the rocks so we can talk. 
Like, oh, why don't you come play with me? It's like, what's oh, with come hang people? out with us. Is everyone like a fucking delinquent or just... Bro, like, why is everybody rapey? And she's like a 16-year-old girl. Yeah. 15, 15 or 16. It's 16, so like, rapey. Yeah. I don't like that. That's one thing I don't like in this. Yeah, uh, but, you know, fucking June did this in transmission. Like, nah, man. <laughs> nah, takes her away. And they're like, oh, she had a boyfriend after all. So they go outside and they try to find a spot for the fireworks. And Tomo, to her credit, wants to be more feminine. And she's like, you know, hey, I wanted to. And then June cuts her off and says, oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. You could have totally taken care of that. And then fucking Tomo smacks him in the head and was like, you know, there's some things that I can't do as a lady that you have to do. And she's like, he's like, all right, I'm sorry. So so let me actually thank you, you idiot. Yeah. So she thanks her perfectly, very woman-like. And this triggers something in June and June grabs her by the arms and gets close to her. And Tomo's like, wait, what, what? And then June catches himself and he's like, I'm sorry, let's go find a place to watch the fireworks. They're almost about to start. And so they do. Meanwhile, Carol and Mizuzu and who's the other guy? The senpai. Yeah. Name, uh, Misaki. Misaki. They're walking around and that was hilarious. <laughs> they're going around the, the game stalls themselves. They win a prize, and they're like, "Oh, that's uh, that's Kokun, right?" And it's like a nice like OG prince, and they're like, "Oh, this is uh, Tomo," and it's like the fucking uh, the 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 evil spirit. Yeah. And then they show this is Misa- Mizuzu, and it's an even eviler spirit. I was like, it's like this is Tomo. Like, She'll, She'll get mad, mad at you, and she's and like, "I am mad at you." It's like I will get mad. <laughs> That yeah, was fucking hilarious. And she's basically acting a third wheel throughout this entire thing. But she notices... But, yeah, but Carol didn't want her. She said she, was, she wasn't going to festival without her. And we skipped something that I have to... We, we should go back on. During the during the, the sleepover, right, two things happen. Um, Tomo starts to think about everything going on with June, and she's very curious and, like, just, you know, just really thoughtful about everything. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to her, Mizuzu is asleep, is not asleep. She looks asleep, but she's not asleep. And she reflects on everything that's happened. She's like, when when Tomo came and told me that she loves June, I gave her the response of, why don't you act like a woman then if you love him? And she was really taking that on, that challenge on, and she's becoming more womanly, getting more into womanly activities. And, you know, she's like, uh, she, she basically feels jealousy that she wants to keep Tomo to herself. And let me ask you this, Matt, because I kind of got this feeling. Is Mizuzu gay for Tomo? I got that feeling. I I just think she's jealous of June. She's jealous of June. Yeah. Okay. It's I, think like, it's, I think it, I think it's just more of that. It's like a best friend. Or, or, yeah, like, or if Tomo's with June, she's out of the picture. Yeah, and she doesn't like that because she wants yeah, Tomo. Yeah, that's why she's like very protective. She feels alone. In essence, in a way, yeah, I think but that's what it is. But it is her fault because of how cold she is and how she ostracizes everybody. But yeah, I don't think she understands that. But she doesn't understand. But that. Carol, Carol does. Carol, Carol does. Carol, she calls him the squishy bitch. This squishy bitch. Yes. <laughs> Carol is one of you know. I hated Carol at first, and she's. I love weird. Carol. She's quickly becoming one of the supporting characters of the season by far. Honestly, oh, yeah. out of supporting characters of the season, all around, you literally have Komori. In my opinion, Komori, Carol, Mizuzu, and I guess you could say Wolfwood, right? Supporting male, yeah. Supporting male. So supporting female are those three. I can't think of any out of all the shows we're watching. Can you think of another supporting female besides those three? Well, we well we we 
I think Hina's out of the picture in Tokyo. Yeah, Hina's out of the picture for now, so that's not. Yeah, her. so yeah, it's those three. If, really. if, if, if she was there more, I would have said yes. Yeah, to her. None of these other characters are like Ochako's no. not in my hero. No. Um, there's no real womanly presence in Eternity. Cool guys has no women. Um, well, well, no, they have the they have the sister, but no, I, 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 not not on that level though. No, so nine B or sorry nine S from Near is a male. Angel next door, you don't. Chitose doesn't really count. No, Inspector I'm, doesn't I'm, have I'm, another not cra- I'm actually not crazy about Chitose. Yeah, um, that's it. I mean, yeah. Icar doesn't really have anything that stands out. It's those three: Carol, Mizuzu, and Komori. Yeah, pretty human. much. And Carol and Mizuzu are the clear frontrunners. It's literally between those two. Oh yeah. Anyway, we digress. So as we continue on, they find a spot, and as they're walking up the stairs. Uh, Tomo has a realization like he's really being more conscious of me. He sees me as a woman. She has that confirmation. And, uh, and she's, she's like, like I, no- I, want to conf- I should confess. I should confess again. And she's like, there's no better opportunity than to do it before the fireworks. And she says, June, and it calls her attention. June's like, what's up? And she she's stops. Already, herself. And she backs, like, it's not the time. She stops like time stops there. And she stops herself because she realizes like June no longer recognizes me as just his best friend. And I found it very interesting because she's like, June doesn't recognize me as a best friend. If I confess to him and he actually does like me, our friendship as we've known it for our entire lives, in essence, will end and something will begin. Something being a relationship. Yeah. And she gets scared because she doesn't want anything to change with them. And she's like, I don't want to lose right now thinking about the future, which is kind of an ass backwards thing, considering everything that they've gone through and the whole premise of the show. So she stops herself and the fireworks go off. They watch the fireworks without a hitch. And at the end, nothing happens at the end, at the end of the night, they're walking home and June is thinking in his head, like, I still don't know what the fuck I feel for her. And um, uh, uh, Tomo credits to her in a really feminine and really adorable way walks in front of him, runs in front of him briefly, spins around in a pirouette underneath the, the night lamp and says, hey, June, let's do that again next year. And, and I, we skip something as well. At the very beginning, when Tomo comes up and she's gorgeous with her yukata, June is starstruck. She see, he sees an angel, bright lights, gorgeous woman, and he like starts to not feel well. And Tomo's like, hey, are you okay? And she's like, are you unwell? She's like, no, I'm fine. He looks again at her again, sees her beauty again. He's like, maybe I don't feel well. And she's like, are you sick? And then they move on to the game stalls. Um, So in this moment, when she does the cute little pirouette and says, June, let's do that again. She has a smile, really feminine. June realizes, like, I know one thing. If I don't know anything else, I can't punch her. Like, I would like to punch her for for my life. Another realization that she's a pure woman. And that was wonderful to see. That first half was really nice. The second half is also really interesting. It starts off with the new semester because they're on they're on summer break. So the new semester starts. And Tomo, Mizuzu, and Carol are hanging out. And I love how Tomo had Tomo had the man spread. You saw that legs wide open. Yep. That was funny. And they're they're having they're drinking a juice, a juice, and they're like, Tomo, what's going on? And they're like, oh, like June's been really weird with me. Like normally he'd be like, like really after, yeah, after, after the festival, yeah. After the festival, like now he puts his pinky on me instead of like his hand or his arm or whatever. He's not and groping me. He's not smacking my ass. All this. Yeah, it's like it's creepy, right? And so, 
um uh mizuzu automatically recognizes it's because you know she she recognizes her as a woman and he's like confused in terms of what's next and so they're in class and they're supposed to be taking notes and you see um you see tomo looking out to a distance but sees uh mizuzu staring at her and she has a nice little friendly smile like it's my best friend hey what's up what you thinking right and she looks at tomo i'm sorry she looks at june june gives her this look like the fuck you looking at bitch but she continues with her jealousy she continues to feel like, oh, like it, it's interesting that these two friend, best friends, when they transition to lovers, that leaves me. And she gets really upset. She cracks her pencil and she starts thinking about Carol. Like, what the fuck is Carol doing to us? Like, she's blaming Carol for Tomo and June's success, even yeah. though she's been a part of it herself. So it's an interesting dichotomy from that standpoint. And so the episode moves on to the end of the day and uh, the delinquents of the school are pissed off at uh, Tomo and June. June. They're like, nothing's gone our way since we met fucking that Aizawa. Like, fuck her. And they're like, oh, wait, you see that? And they see see Mizuzu there. They're like, let's go play with Mizuzu. So they all confront Mizuzu. They're like, come with us. We have to talk to you about something. And then this death glare. This death glare happens. And they're like, no, fuck it. Come on, let's go. I see your faces. (laughs) And Carol comes behind her and was like, hey, uh, who's that? Right? And they're like, oh, she's just a classmate. She has nothing to do with the three of us, right? And they're like, oh, fuck her. And she's Carol's like, hey, guys. And she's like, oh, you want us to play with you too? Again, in a creepy, rapey way, right? That you want us to play with you too? And Carol pulls out a fucking taser. I was like, what the fuck? And tases the fucking lead of the of the delinquents. And so they're like, oh, what the fuck? And then they start going after Mizuzu and Carol. Carol, because she's a fucking ditz, slips on a puddle of water. And falls face first into a bigger puddle of water. Yep. And she's basically tracking like water and mud as they're trying to escape from them. They as the in... liquids find it. And, yeah. Um, they end yeah, up in Mizuzu a band- and Carol have a le- nice little moment. Yeah. And then Carol's like, they oh, I got just a classmate. All this like oh yeah. Good. And she's and like, I only said to apologize. Yeah, she's like, I only said that because I didn't want you to get involved in the situation because I knew it would be something like this, and I really do consider you something of a friend. And Carol, for her part, tries to go in like, oh, Mizuzu, come kiss me. Yeah, but but after that, though, Mizuzu calls June. And was like, hey, I'm in some shit. I need to be saved. Don't let Tomo know. And like June realizes that this is serious if you're calling me. So And and don't want Tomo involved. (laughs) Yeah, so he hangs up the phone. But of course, course, Tomo's right there. Tomo's right there. And uh, June's like, don't worry about me. I'm going to head on home. I have things to take care of. And then Tomo's like, June, wait, where? what things do you have to take care of with that yeah, bloodthirsty yeah. look on your face? Yeah. And you see him, he's like just pissed off, like he's going to go kill somebody. And so, of course, June says, fuck, I'm caught, explains everything to her. And they're yeah, like, well, yeah. what the fuck? Those are my friends, too. Like, I'm going to go after her. They have a nice moment where it's like, oh, that's my best friend. She wants to go defend her friends. Cool. Let's go together. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to them, Misaki is uh, overhearing them and like, what happened to Carol? So he tails. Oh God, them. I can't wait for this. <laughs> he tails them, and so of course June and, and Tomo come over. They start. They've saved Carol and and Mizuzu. They start kicking the fucking delinquents' asses. And meanwhile, Misaki's there seeing this. And he's like, "Oh, I'll let them take care of this. Let me go find Carol and Mizuzu." So he finds Carol and Mizuzu, and Mizuzu, Mizuzu was trying to basically get Carol to change out of her clothes because they're dirty because she fell in the mud. And so when Mizaki finds her. You see Carol is in a bra and her tits are out, but yeah. this breaks Misaki. 
And uh, he, I thought he was going to murder someone. <laughs> he did. So after they beat the shit out of all the delinquents, it's just the head delinquent. Tomo and Jun are there. They're going to kick his ass. And Misaki comes in looking like a JoJo character. Yep. I was like, he looked like an angry shit. JoJo character. Like, what indecent things did you do to my cousin? I'm going to fucking kill you. And then oh! Taro's like, it's okay. And Jun and fucking Tomo are like, no, 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 no. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And so all's well that ends well for now. Give me a second. I got to drink my water. We'll get that. Uh, Basically, everything's calmed down for now. People start leaving except for Mizuzu. Mizuzu's like, go on ahead. I have something to talk to the bullies yeah, about. Yeah, she goes to the delinquents and they're like, they're, they start talking tough because, yeah, everyone yeah, else left. And she told like, you know who Tomo is, right? Yeah, she's the daughter of Goro Aizawa. Who apparently was like the biggest delinquent in their town for years and all yeah. delinquents respect so him look up to him. And so it's basically, like, hey, call, so basically leave her alone. It's like, that's going to be kind of hard because every delinquent wants to fight her now. Yeah, they were like, well, if you guys mess with us, I'll just call Goro, and he's going to fucking come get you. And they, like, all prostrate, and they're like, I'm so sorry. We'll never do anything about that. I promise. Yeah, the, I was really like, they won't, but they said they can't promise the others, though. Yeah. So and we're going to see them probably in, like, the penultimate. That makes sense. I and feel like that. I was like, okay, so this is, like, the main antagonist, basically, essentially, the delinquents. So basically, they're going to kick the shit out of Tomo, and June's going to save him. Yeah, but as Misuzu walks out, June's June still there. And June is like, you're a really fucking horrible person. You're going to die a miserable death. And to- then Mizuzu was like, I knew I was always going to die a miserable death from John. Like, it's all good. Right? And they have a conversation, basically. And they're like, oh, they-, they had a little conversation about Tomo. And she's like, oh, why did you wait for me? And June is like, well, you are a girl. And they're like, what about Tomo? I was like, well, for Tomo, it doesn't matter whether she's a boy or a girl. And she's fucking like, shut up. Just shut the fuck up. You clearly still don't understand, you fucking idiot. Shut the fuck up. Yep. And then basically all's well that ends well. They go to school the next day. June puts her hand around. June and puts his hand around. Just yelling, everything's perfect. It's perfect, just like that. And just, yeah! Yep. It's a little comedy to end the, end the episode. That was a little cute. It was, the second half was cute, but it was all about the first half and like those inner struggles. I enjoy stuff like that, those inner realizations of what's yeah. going on. Thoroughly. All righty, here's your baby, Angel Next Door. Go ahead. You're the one that you're the one that teared up. So go ahead. I'm the one that did shed a tear today. You go ahead. So the episode starts off. Um, Itsuki gets into a fight with his father and asks um, Amane, "Hey, do you mind if I stay at your house for three days?" Amane is like, "Well, it's spring break. Fuck it, whatever." So she's like, "Let me text her." So he texts um, uh, uh, Mahiru, and everything is all cool. She he, he gets to eat their food, and of course he tells his girl. Chitose, Chitose comes in the picture in a little bit, but before she comes into the picture, before they go to bed, um, Itsuki and Amane have a conversation. They're like, dude, like you guys are literally acting like a couple. Like the more you guys interact, the more I see you interact, the more like there's stuff there, dude. Like stop being oblivious. Like it's obvious there's stuff there. Like, and it's cool. Like you just need to realize you just need to find some balls and fucking like ask her out, dude. Cause she is 100% like going to be willing to like, at least consider the offer, whether you believe it or not. And so the next day he, of course he tells Chitose, Chitose worms her way in and basically ends up staying with Mahiru for three days in the, uh, in her apartment and everybody has their food. uh, I'm sorry. uh, Chitose for her credit tries to basically warm up Mahiru to um to maybe getting with amane 
And of course she denies it, but there's like, there's that awkward chemistry that clearly there's something going on. Um, but all that comes to a head after they leave, they go, the, the Chitose and Itsuki end up going like to her house to spend the, the, the holiday together, the spring break. And it's a rainy day. Amane comes home from grocery shopping. And, um, before this, I should say there was a text message, um, Mahiru received the text message after they left and she's clearly like startled by the text message and tells uh, Mane, don't worry about it. It's all good. Nothing to worry about. So um, uh, Mane goes to go grocery shopping, comes home, overhears a voice talking to Mahiru and he plays it low so she doesn't so he doesn't get seen or hurt and he just listens to the conversation and the woman says like, you know, like you're causing trouble just like your father did. I thought you'd come out with me, but you're like her. And she's like, well, you know what? It doesn't matter anyway. Just, you know, here's your money. And when you graduate college, we'll be done together anyway. We don't have to associate ever again, you know, and like, don't fuck up. And she leaves. And, you know, you see Mahiru just kind of like stunned in a way. And Amani comes over and was like, you know, like, what's going on? And, and Mahiru's like, you heard that? And he goes, yeah, what's going on? And she explains, like, that's my biological mother. And, you know, nothing to worry about. All good. Don't worry about me. And she turns around and Amane grabs her hand and says, you're staying with me. And she's like, no, it's all good. And she just continues to grab her hand like, no, it's like, no, like, I'm not, come leaving you with alone. Me. I'm not leaving you alone. So they go into the apartment. They're continuing to hold hands. And uh, Mahiru basically grabs her hand, grabs his hand rather, and says, do you want me to tell you the story? And he goes, please. We come to find out basically that. Her parents never loved her. Her parents were married. They, they, they didn't want kids. Yeah, so the, her parents married because of political reasons. They never wanted kids. One night, something happened. And here is Mahiru. And they never loved her at all. She was basically a bastard child. Um, they never were around. When they were around, they treat the house like a hotel, just in and out. And Mahiru would bust her ass to excel in sports in um in academics in like social stuff like in housekeeping she would bust her ass to try and just get love and recognition from her mother and father and they never did they just gave her money and they basically said like hey you know when you graduate college fuck it you're on your own and that's where we get the story of the housekeeper basically taking care of her because the parents were never home and the housekeeper is the only person that ever showed her love and how to be a respectful person and so she even said like that her mother had told her like you are an unwanted child we never wanted you and that is the genesis for the entire series when amane sees mahiru just sitting in the rain on episode one and amane is furious but in a kind of interesting reversal where amane constantly self-deprecates himself when it comes to him and his personality we see mahiru do that like hey like you know everyone accepts me as the angel everyone like loves this like facade that i have but no i'm undesirable nobody wants me for me nobody knows who i am and nobody will like me for me and amane to his credit was like i like you for you i like you a lot because you are who you are and mahiru is like you know like i'm mean i'm not that nice like i'm cold and she, he's like, it doesn't matter. He's like, yeah, you could be mean sometimes, but I like how direct you are. You know, you're a great woman. You're smart. You, you know, you do great. You cook well. Like, you're a really, like, caring individual, you know, so you shouldn't be down on yourself. And I like you a lot. I love everything about you, basically. And she gets embarrassed. And he gets embarrassed when he realizes what he said. And he's like, no, no, no. So Itsuki and Chitose and my parents, they all love you. But at the end of the day, the whole purpose of the message was like, yo, 
even if your family, your piece of shit family doesn't like you, like you've got plenty of people that know your flaws and love your flaws. And that was a really nice thing to say. And so she's really, you know, emotional. And he goes, if you want to cry on my shoulder, it's totally fine. Like, I understand. And so she begins to cry and she takes him up on that offer. Um, Before that, I should say, he puts a hood on her, like puts like a little blanket on her and like hugs her and says, like, you know, it's okay to cry. And so she cries. It's still raining and she still cries. And they have another moment after she's done crying. And, you know, she's basically like, you know, just for today, I just want to hold you and please like hold me. Please hold all of me. And that was really nice. And eventually they, she cries more and then the rain stops and she's like, do you want to take a walk? And they're like, yeah. So they go down, down the, the bank and they take a walk to the park and there's beautiful soccer trees because it is spring. And she looks and she's like, I never liked spring. It reminded me of my loneliness. I had nobody to hold my hand, no one to love me. Um, it reminded me of the new school years, graduations. Um, I never liked it because I was always alone. And Amane is like, you're not alone. You have me. And so she hugs him from the back and says, like, you know, you promise that you'll, you know, you'll be there, et cetera. Yeah. You know, like what? Uh, just a, a wonderful moment. And they hold hands as they look at the soccer tree. And she goes, you know, after today, I like soccer trees a little bit more thanks to you. And the sunset is a beautiful sunset as the light shines on the soccer tree. And you just see a, a shadow of them just holding hands. And it was just such a wonderful episode because it just it talks about the appreciation of your significant other when no one recognizes that when you think that you're alone, when you think that no one loves you or cares about you, there's always someone there's always some sort of collective that loves you for who you are, even if you don't love yourself for who you are, you have that for that. And it it was just such a wonderful thing. I teared up. Of course, just because it reminds Angel Next Door reminds me so much of my current like relationship circumstances right. with She Must Not Be Named. And she listens to the podcast, so she'll hear this, I hope. If not, I'll tell her to listen to 238, 14, 15, 16, etc. So she can hear what I'm saying. But um, it just reminds me so much of the circumstances. I just, agree, Chris. You know, the episode was really good. <laughs> it was so good. This I don't understand why Starman thinks this is mid. Like, bro. Like, do you not have like, have you not dealt with like heartache or like a, a a pure, this is such a pure chemistry between them. Like, I know he loves Ice Guy because it's adults and because like, you know, it's cute. And I like Ice Guy for sure. But there's something about Angel that is just so natural. This is the natural development of a couple from nothing into something and he can make that joke because it's kind of right this is like horimia light i adored the fuck out of horimia i cried so much during horimia i enjoyed horimia as one of my top rom-coms ever um and if you want to call it horimia light that's accurate to, to a few descriptions but you know like it's just it's so good dude like this like i told him in the chat like you saw you know the best thing a romance anime can do is make you feel and you have three strong contenders in terms of rom-com. You have Tomo, you have Ice Guy, and you have Angel. And out of all three of those, Angel by far should make people feel something in terms of anything that they've dealt with um, from an emotional an emotional relationship aspect. You know, if you want to complain because they haven't progressed, if you want to complain because there's nothing like sexual 
eh, that that's inconsequential. Like, and that's one of the best things you can say about Angel because it's not it's not full of fan service. Like, Mahiru is such a pure, innocent person. Amane himself is such a gentle human being, caring. He had he's a natural guy. He has urges. We don't see them. Like, if you had a dojin, he's probably beating his dick off to fucking Mahiru's panties or something. But you don't ever get a single inkling of that throughout this episode. He just sees this woman that is broken and is unloved and is misunderstood and wants to nurture her and wants to care for her. Not for his own selfish gains, not for the purpose of getting with him, with getting with her with the purpose of like being a girlfriend or like getting in her pants, just he sees a gentle soul that's broken and wants to be there to help it grow and help it fix itself. And that's so powerful that it's, this is a powerful anime and, you know, we can get into the different aspects also with buddy daddies, which I think is next on our list. And that's another show that has that, that similar aspect, but far and away angel that's supposed to be rotten next door. um, It's just, it notches everything that's good about a romance in my opinion. And I'll continue to say it. I go on these diatribes practically every fucking week when it comes to angel next door, because it continues to excel and grow and make you say awe and make you feel feelings and make you reminisce on, on past loves or current loves, good or bad. Um, And that's a great thing that an anime can do is be provocative enough to make your mind wander into the depths of your own experiences that you've had. That's the best thing that an anime could do. I agree. All right. Code main buddy daddies. This is the, I think the best episode of the series. Kazuki is unappreciated. <laughs> He's like, fuck you guys. I'm uh, yeah, done. Basically I'm he does. Yeah. Like uh, again, being broke, doing all the chores, all Ray and fucking Mira mm. are just fucking lazy want to play they don't appreciate his cooking yep all all of a sudden yeah like i want french toast i want french fries yeah and that too but yeah and then i got the yeah because uh what you call kazuki is uh it's basically i think it's like an anniversary of that incident yeah he's approaching the five-year anniversary of when he lost his wife or his girl yeah we'll we'll get that a bit but uh yeah so yeah so basically he's not in the mood his a game his a game's off of everything especially around the house and just basically babysitting a man child and a four-year-old little child yeah a literal child it got to the point where he just walked up slid just ran ran upstairs and just slammed the door yep the next day he wakes up and he's like, "Fuck I'm this! I'm he's out. Like, I'm, I'm gone. Don't come. Don't go look for me. Be back later." So Ray's in charge, and it's basically uh, first gives uh, Mary cereal because you know he can't cook, can't do anything. Yep. yep. And he goes to take her to school, and it's raining cats and dogs, and the doors are locked, and they realize it's Sunday. It's Sunday. So no school. There's no school. So so they go home. They're hungry again. Let's order and- pizza and fries. Yep, basically. And while that's going on, um, because he's shit faced, he's at the no. First, at the cafe, he goes to the the cafe. Yep, and uh, you find out that the money he sent, yep, got denied. So to his um his girls, his girls. We'll get to that. We'll get. I'll I'll get into that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah, basically, the money he he got he sent to this person got denied, so he has the money back. Yep. So he spoils himself. Yeah. Flirts around casino. 
Yeah. Get drunk, Win- some hookers. Wins big in the casino, too. Yep, but doesn't really last long because he gets out, bumps in the gangsters. Gets his ass kicked. Yep, so I'm pretty sure he lost his money there. <laughs> Not like they robbed him. I think they just kicked his ass. Uh, I, was, I don't know what happened, but yeah, you you never know. They probably they probably took. Nah, I don't think but, so. But um, who sees him? The sister. What's her name? Uh, use a hoe. Yes. I'm not a hoe. Use a hoe. Oh well, you well, listen here, pal. Don't talk to me about your like your hoe ordeals. <laughs> Both you and angels. You need somebody to talk about? Call the people at. Use a hoe. <laughs> use a hoe. You got some thugs to use a hoe. I know who you can call to sue. Stephen P. News, Stephen P. News, Stephen Hold P. News. Use a hoe, use a hoe, use a hoe, use a hoe. Use a hoe, use a hoe, use a hoe, use a hoe. Oh, yeah. What you call Let's move on. We got to move on. One hoe or two. Goes through their ass. Goes through their ass. <laughs> but yes, that's right, folks. It's Yuzuho. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, she goes to uh, talk to Kazuki and all this. Uh, but yeah, he's still drunk. He's upset, and she just tells him, "I was like, I don't need you. I you need to stop sending me money, and you have to stop blaming yourself. It's not yeah, your fault. But, you died. Yeah, that it's not your fault. I'm not. You're not obligated to take care of me." And he blurts out, "I killed her." And yeah. she's in shock. Uh, but and before we move on, let's go awesome. back to let's go back to the other side. Yeah, Miri is sick. She has she's, she's a blazing fever, fever. and uh, Ray doesn't know what to do. There's no uh, medicine in the house. Yep, or doesn't know what's what. He's like, I got to take her to the hospital. Where's the hospital? Yeah, he he, he can't even use the GPS. He can't use the Google. He can't machine. Google. He can't Google hospital. Yeah, this this assassin, <laughs> perfect aim in all this. Perfect killing machine can't use a phone to Google fucking yep, nearest. So hospital. yeah, so he's freaking out. We'll get to we'll get back to him later because he doesn't come back to later. Yeah. But yeah, uh Yuzuho and Kazuki, they're like they're talking, they're just, they're just no, 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 so you have to no, you have to you skip the part. So basically it, he's all upset. He goes to the he goes to the cemetery and he visits the grave and then he's just staring at a flower, and it's a flower that his wife loved. And uh, the flower is next to this uh, to this um, uh, gazebo, and of course Yuzuho comes over, and they have a very candid conversation um, about life and about everything that happened. Um, and and he talks about this is where he first met her. Yeah, it's where he first met her. She's like, yeah, she loved this place. She loved these flowers. And she's he, Kazuki asks her like, well, what do you think about everything? And I, I love her line, the quote. It's such a memorable quote. Yeah. Memories are not meant to be a prison. Yeah, and before that, though, we get the flashback. Yeah, of what of happened. How Kazuki was on a mission. Yeah. He, he was gunning this guy down, and then... No, so he was chasing him. He was chasing, he tried to shoot him, missed him. Yeah. They get in a car. She's trying to chase the car, and his whoever his teammate is shoots the car, tires out, and the car crashes into a, a bus. Uh, into a into a tanker, yeah, into a gas tanker. And of all places for his wife to be, yeah, I'm saying as as he was about to shoot him, he sees yeah, his wife, his fiance, yeah, and she's like, "Move!" Explosion! She's blown to bits. Yeah, and, and was she pregnant at the time? Yeah, and she was pregnant with their kid at the time. Yeah, it makes it even worse. Yeah, I know, and. She mentioned, like, you know, we go go there. She said, "Remember, not meant to be a prison." 
Like she would want you to continue to live life because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do in these instances. You know, like no one blames you. No one expects anything of you. You know, it's not your fault that this happened. And you're like, lucky you get to live. Yourself. So live. And that was very powerful. The rain that. stops. Yeah, the rain stops. And they're like, oh, it's nice now, now, right? And as she's walking away, she goes, hey, I heard you are taking care of a relative's uh, daughter, huh? It's a relative's yeah. kid. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, she's like, how's that going? He's like, oh, it's miserable. Like, I hate it. Like, you know, they don't listen to me. Like, they don't pay attention to me. They don't appreciate me. And she's like, I don't think that's the case. I think they appreciate you very much because you're such a good guy. And, you know, just continue to, to be there for them because that's what they'll need. They'll need you and all everything that you do well. They'll need that. And you'll learn to appreciate them, too, in the same way that they learn to appreciate you. Yep. And so, that inspires him. She goes over and he's like, where the fuck are they? And you find out basically that. And we see earlier about this conversation is happening. Um, Ray bi- bicycles this sick fucking child in the rain. <laughs> to fucking to the cafe and speaks to uh to Kyo and Kyo basically gives her medicine and yeah. she's just resting and when he gets home you see uh what's it called he sees the medicine there he sees Ray passed out by her bedside yep he's Mary's, um, Mary's, Mary's passed out with the wet cloth on her head and he hey, goes, he's oh, like he's not surprised place. he's not surprised the house is a mess yeah how, rainy disaster pizza yeah. everywhere he's like that's about what I expected yeah. but he didn't realize and then... Then we get to the morning. Everyone's feeling better. Yep. They make Kazuki French toast. They go on, eat it, eat it. He, he takes a bite. And he's like, and he's I like I've got to teach you guys how to make French toast. And they get depressed. Yep. And that was, yep. And that was the end of that. Really great. And this is the best episode of the series, no doubt. Agreed. Yep. And this, right. you know, the series is warming up to me. I enjoy this series more than I enjoy Spy Family. I'll go on record and say that. Well, they're two different things, but I feel they 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 released it at the right time because they knew they knew Spy Family was popular, and with it being got being done, like we gotta capitalize on this while it's hot. So they made Buddy Daddies. But Daddy, yeah, to like to, to fill to to fill the void. So you know what? That's a good promotional strategy. And it it worked. It is. It's it's a good contender. This is fighting to be in my top ten. It definitely is. I still don't wear yet. No clue where. It's going to be in the bottom half. I know that much, but I don't know exactly where. Could be 10, could be 7. I don't know. We'll find out. I'm in the near. Main event. Near Autonoma. Automata. Except on purpose. I know. Sure. <laughs> I'll say the full title, Near Automata version 1.18. What happened to version 1, version 1.1? Uh, well, you didn't get the update. <laughs> Clearly. What the fuck? Uh, Must well, reboot. Yeah, um, Must yeah re- but... Must so, reboot. Don't. Yep. I was. I was gonna say just kick you out completely. <laughs> no. I got, I got, no. No. And broadcast uh, yeah. nothing. Sayonara, motherfuckers. Yes. Uh, yeah. We don't pick up where we left off with two B nights fighting Adam and Eve. No, we go to this uh, play carnival type with all the robots. It's a love and they're fight. and they're acting out in a play, and they're enjoying it for themselves. And then yeah. it led to like this this major one just like screaming like an opera singer. No, I think that was was that not uh, like the the genesis of like Adam and Eve screaming, writhing in pain. That's what I got. I got that it was like something similar, or is Adam and Eve screaming, not like an opera singer, screaming like in agony, while the robots all around them are clapping. Yeah, maybe that's what I got from that, and that was very disturbing to me. I yeah. thought that was a little disturbing. Right, and yeah, and we go back, and you see 
to be nine S back at the campsite, and they're like, "Well, so what happened? What'd you see down there?" Mm-hmm. And it's like, "Oh yeah, like we we were following we were following the fucking we we're following the humans to this place. We fell down, mm-hmm. and we saw the machine life forms, mm-hmm. and they got named Adam and Eve." <laughs> mm. And then, of course, uh, basically one and one of one dismantled them because you know the guys are tech geek. But we go back to the Yora base. She rem- real quick. She reminds me of the Doctor from fucking Attack on Titan. A little bit. A little bit, right? Probably. I haven't seen it. Still haven't seen fucking the beginning of season two. Don't know when the fuck I'll get to that, but it'll we'll get, get to, you. Get to it. I got uh, another four parts to go before we're over, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I know. You got, you got another part in a movie and movie part two and but over uh, part one through yeah. six. Oh, probably. And then, uh, yeah, we go back to your her base, and uh, mm-hmm. Commander White is like giving a report to the higher ups, and she talked about a request of reinforcements, type of thing, like extra units. Yes. And she got denied that. Yes. It's like this to be a nine S is fine, and then Commander White is like questioning, in, "Are you sure it's okay to use the humans as decoys for them? Because their job is to protect mankind." Yep. But again, their their motto: "Glory to mankind." Jumbito. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Let's just stay the course. And hey, kitty. Konnichiwa, Matt-kun. Konnichiwa. But, uh, yeah, but, yeah, he just comes and say, yeah, shut up and do the salute. Fuck you. So we got that part. So now we're back to 2B and s They got their next mission. And they go to, again, they go to the carnival. Great music again. And they see, like, these robots celebrating that they're not, they're, they're harmless. Yeah. Like, they're not attacking them. Nope. So they're like, what the fuck's going on, basically? Yep. So all that's going on, they investigate because uh, basically it's they sent multiple units to this place and they never came back. Yep. And like their black boxes are gone. But there's a faint trace of a black box. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So basically, go there, find out what's going on. Yes. And then we see that we see this, and then we they eventually they look around, they go there, they see Simone, the the, the machine, I believe. Hmm. And of course, there's a battle going on. They fight. Mm-hmm. Great action scenes, even with the support turrets. Uh, the thing starts to attempt to hack 2B and 9S, but yes. it doesn't really work. It just stuns them a little bit. Yes. And now 9S wants to do it, so 2B distracts him. Well, of course, while 9S does his thing, or 9s, whatever you want to call it. Well, his friends call him 9s, but. Right. But yeah, so, so yeah, he's like going like it's like Inception. We're going deeper, hacking into the this machine thing, going deeper. Exactly, but it, it's not as easy as the other was. As Nines is struggling with this, he's like yeah. getting dragged down. Like the deeper. last couple episodes, he struggled with hacking. Yeah, but this one's like a lot. Like this almost got him killed, basically. Yeah, like he's getting sucked down deeper and deeper. Yeah. And while that's going on, this is probably how all the other ones died. They tried to do the hacking, yeah, trick and they got exactly. caught. Probably, yeah, yeah. And um, and to be is seeing that nice in trouble. Like he hasn't woken up yet. Ski, thanks, ski. So, yeah, so yeah, she carries nines and is trying to figure out what to do. And now she wants to attempt to hack, but the support her is like, "You're not, the, your model is not that good at hacking, and right. there's no guarantee that you're going to succeed." Basically, right, but. He says, just do it anyways. There's a distraction. Uh, so the turret starts shooting away. And basically, Nines is getting stuck down to this last area, basically like goodbye. Yep. 2B comes in, grabs him, 
and then while they're before he got sucked in, they saw the they saw the actual machine in there. Yep. In that void, and then Nizes us through the blade, killed it. Yep. <laughs> that got them to get out of it. Yep. And they killed they killed the machine. Yep. But we see two small robots, like a yep. mother and a daughter. They were late to the play. Yeah. And they just want to see the play. Yep. And two viewers look at him, but Nines just came over, slashed the mother, stabbed his head off, stabbed the son. Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck? Piece of shit." Nines yeah. came off as a big fucking douchebag, and then all I was like, "What did he see in there?" But and they just looked at two B. Is like, you can't hesitate. Yeah, because two B is like it's like they have emotions, and nine S is like they're, they're, no they're like they're learning, like they're somehow learning they shouldn't be, but some for some reason they are to like, and they're not hurting anyone. No, and nine S says nope, they have to die. All these machine life forms have to That's what we're built for. Yeah, and we forget we still haven't discovered the like plant like the underground planet that all these like robots are coming from. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, we'll definitely see Adam and Eve again. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent, because they're like the yeah. The, they're, they're one of the mains, yeah. Yeah, one of the mains. You don't do you defeat them like toward the end of the game, or do you? Is that like there's a bigger boss than that? To defeat? It's more of I can't tell you. Mm. There's 26 endings, also. So 26 endings. Yeah. Is it like one of those where you pick a path and you get this ending? You pick another it, path. It, no, another it depends when you do certain things. Um, actually, you, there's one ending where you just remove your black box and game's over. That's an ending. That's technically an ending. That's anticlimactic as fuck. A little, but yeah, that's why everyone gets that one out of the way. Mm. But um, oh, you can you have to re, do you replay the mission and you get a different ending, or you have to replay it, the, it, the it story? Depends. It depends on certain things you do. Mm, so you have to do like multiple runs. Yeah, through. exactly. Wow, is it yeah. an easy game to fucking run through, or is it a long term and you really got to be committed to do that? It's a little bit more of a commitment. I would figure. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, the after credits show the joke ended. I didn't. I saw that and I was like, "This is dumb," and I skipped it. Yeah, but yeah, those are like the those are like the joke endings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like it. But yeah, there's we get to the actual endings. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I wonder which one they're going to do to end this, to end the actual series. Is there a, like a fan favorite ending, or is it really like ending? Ending love is to the high. I, I know people like the secret ending. Yeah, as he said, the there are four main endings. So the black box is a joke ending? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game over, bitch. Yeah, basically. If that was the real ending, I would just throw my fucking controller and fucking... <laughs> no, yeah. You wouldn't know about it until you go to like the menu. Mm. And you see, it's like, hmm, what happened? Are you sure you want to do this? Like, and then the credits roll. Like, oh my god, I would be so furious. Yeah, but yeah, I wonder which one they're going to do. I'm actually curious. And um, I'm glad but, they're back. There's four main endings. They're all like amazing. Is one like mid... I like inquiring about this. Yeah, Chris, do you know which one you think was like the worst by any chance? Because that'll probably be the one they do. Because <laughs> the anime in the yeah. interim. Um, but yeah, solid I, week, dude. But yeah, I'm glad it's back after yeah. a month hiatus, almost. Yeah, I like this. I'm, I'm I'm glad I picked it up. Like you know, we had this discussion in our in our anime chat. Like you know, yeah. I don't have the attachment like that you do or a lot of people do who play the game. Um, as a standalone. It's not bad by any means, you know. I still wouldn't have picked this up unless you told me to, but I always oh, yeah. you gave up. me three. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't pick up uh I said I was, eventually I'll go back and watch Vanitas, but I didn't pick up uh ah uh, Vivi. 
I didn't pick up Vivi. Yeah. Um, cause I just, I, I got sour from, I got sour from like androids. And then I also get sour from the games one in particular. Cause I suffered through, uh, Scarlet Nexus. I thought it was like, so yeah, I, cool. I just, I, I just think you picked, that's right. You picked the wrong ones and it made you sour a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, I don't like vampire anime. Thanks to Noblis, you know? So yeah. that's why I didn't pick up Vanitas. So, but, uh, Vanitas is something. <laughs> yes, I know. Vanitas and Vivi are your babies. They are. They are the babies. Yeah, all the babies. All the babies. Uh, nah, he may like to do that. He may give us babies as to. I was gonna say he may give her babies. Like, damn, Har- no, 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 no. Har's getting no. it in then, huh? Nah, no. We think, yeah. Well, he's he 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 keeps trying to fuck her, but no, we. I was gonna say, do cats fuck even if they're fixed? Yeah, I don't. That's interesting, but they don't have babies. They just yeah, fuck. yeah. That uh, no, we think um, he may have got pregnant before we had died. And she's always like crying for like she brings like she she thinks the her toys are like babies. She always like brings them up. She, she brings it to the bed to us. So they just drops them. Like, I'm gonna come back. Grabs another one. Goes to the bed. Drops it. <laughs> Chris said, "Well, two of them are perspectives from two B and nine S. The other two are special for spoiler reasons." All right, so we're gonna avoid that for you. But uh, yeah, close the thoughts before we get out of here. Solid week, like usual. This is a very strong season. I want to bring this up to the viewers. We had this discussion in the anime chat where we talked about the three rom-coms um, of the season. And Starman said he preferred the he preferred Spring's 2022 rom-coms, which were Kaguya, Komi, and Shikimori. And I told him, no way in hell would I fucking enjoy those over these three. These three are stronger. In terms of the best overall series, I, honestly, no though, doubt I, it's Kaguya. Honestly, though, I think honestly, Komi is more a slice of life than rom-com. Yeah, but there's still the main aspect is Komi's feelings. And, uh, right, but that's not the main. It's just more of again, just trying to get, get all these hundred friends. If you want to go rom-com, we got Kaguya, we got Shikamori, we got a couple of Cuckoos, and, I have no uh, way I'm picking those over this. Yeah, I, I was saying, well, Kaguya, but yeah, Kaguya is overall number one best series, no doubt. But in terms of the collective weight of the three that you mentioned there, no. But I'm saying, say, but I would say, if we had to pick three actual rom com terms, it would be those. Like I'm saying, Cuckoo's, Tikamori, and it doesn't come close to me. Does not that w- this season's rom coms are among the strongest season of rom coms that I've seen since we started doing this for sure. But no, as a whole, overall, another solid season. I'm thoroughly invested in Trigun in particular. Trigun continues to blow me away, um, each and every week. Um, it, my hero, it, it could definitely be top five, depending on how this ends. It, it, it may be, bro. Eternity has kicked it up tenfold. I've enjoyed the fuck out of Eternity this season. My oh, Hero man. is my number one anime. Oh, like a, uh, I also think the 1A part of the Nier Avatar is hitting that is covering 2B Naiden's story. Hmm. It could. I don't know if they're going to do a second season of that. It it depends. Is this made because they want to push the game? Or is this made because... The game, oh, the game's done. Obviously. But do they want to push more sales? Or is this from fans want clamoring for there to be an anime because I, I, I feel like it would have been it's definitely a, 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 cyberpunk is done but they did it to push game sales yeah uh i i don't know i i know it's still a popular series i, I even got the books uh long story short or long or short story long I got you know what would be really cool if they did an american animated series on red dead redemption i would love that or dark souls 
I never got through. I, I quit the game because, like, I, first off, it's a long fucking game. Second off, I got 33% and somebody spoiled it to me that fucking Arthur dies. Spoiler alert. He fucking dies. And I'm like, why am I playing this game for my main character to die? And then after the fact, I realized you play as John Marston. And guess what? He fucking dies too. But anyway, folks, we talked our cake. We had our cake. We're full of cake. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DamienPhoenix12. Follow our Twitter at TalkToCakey. Follow Ethan at Showstopper24. He also has an Instagram where he blogs about anime. AI underscore anime24. Yep. Uh, we have a link tree for where we listen to your favorite podcast. We have uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon. You name it, we're there. We want to thank W2M Network and ShareShot Radio for hosting us on their websites. Uh, on ShareShot, it's a little behind. Hold on. It's a thing because Yoko Taro is insane with putting purposes of things with like a whole quest line and raid in. Sort meme, Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> there we go. There's your answers. But uh, but yeah, thank you guys for hosting us on the website. And thank you, Sean, our editor. And uh, any other plug? Yeah, you can follow me on my podcast Instagram at podcast.senpai. You can follow us on our Talk the Kiki uh, Instagram at Talk the Kiki, T A L K T H E K E K I. I have updated that for all the other episodes. Um, a little tidbit for you guys to look forward to at some point, we're going to experiment with this Streamyard, who hosts our channel, uh, came up with the idea to do shorts and we want to, again, continue to grow this son of a bitch out so we can actually make it something really, truly special. So we may experiment with shorts in terms of some of the OVAs. Like I've seen some of the movies we didn't review. Um, so is Sean or the Starman. Um, if there's little tidbits on random animes, like I'm talking about, like, you know, attack on Titan, if Matt's picking up a random series, um, we may do something like that. So it, it's not necessarily in the cards, but it's something that we're, we might experiment with. So, so we, we, we got to get that. that. So we're, are we going to get that Travis Huckle artwork to go with it? Have how, the anime in the background? I wonder how much he charges. I, I think they get it for free, honestly. <laughs> well, no shit. They get it for free. How much would yeah. he charge us is the bigger question. Oh, uh, we have to ask him like, Hey, uh, commission. I wonder if he's one of those like super cornets though that are like fucking like oh you want us to blow up this fucking gay ass anime yeah like fucking Goro the pig but it is it is funny hear them talk about anime when they're like t- going through the games of the of these dating sims oh the dating sims are fucking yeah nice. that's some of my favorite non wrestling segments they've ever done oh man or those are the advertisements I don't listen to the advertisements I normally just skip oh no the, no I, they're funny. Like, oh no, if you, you get your money back guaranteed, you'll get your money back, but they'll go to your house and they'll burn your life. If you guys can't tell, we're fans of the Jim Cornette podcast, both the yeah. experience and the drive through. For those who don't like Jim Cornette in wrestling, I get it. He sometimes it's, out of it's, it's, mind, entertaining. it's entertaining as fuck, no doubt. And that's why we that's why we listen. That's, that's why we're part of the cult of Cornette. Yeah. Uh, I still haven't I still haven't bought the uh the eight by ten. I'm thinking about buying that. Hey, you'll get don't worry, you'll get an autograph. Yeah, and it says, you know, do you want to cuss the message? Tell Jim what you want to write. Yeah, pretty much. Definitely uh, would do the thank you, fuck you, bye. And get a cameo. Huh? I'm not paying for cameos. I know. I'm saying you could, you could, we could make him talk shit about it. <laughs> you know, hey. Maybe that'll be your uh, your Christmas gift next year, bro. I'm going to get you another Jim Cornette cameo. I already got, I already got two. Come on. Uh, nothing wrong with a third one, right? I'll just have him just uh, blast the shit out of you. Well, I, I, would, I would like one from Brett. 
anymore. I wonder if I can get ca- him a, a cameo so we could like do our anime and then like just get t- talk shit. Like, don't talk shit about dating sims, but don't talk shit about anime and talk about our podcast. Plug our podcast. If you if you're willing to pay for it, go. Yeah. Hey, that could be a joint venture where we get him to plug our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, like, like, like we'll talk about real anime, not these dating battleships. And- yeah, not dating battleships and fucking horses with fucking dogs and cows. Yeah. Oh man. Well, kind of sick people to fuck. Yeah. Anyway, let's get out of here. We'll see you next week. Arigato, not to fucku, and sayonara. Awesome news. If you just got your class A CDL, we have an academy out of Auburn. And then for those trailer technicians that love working on tractors, we have several positions in our Auburn terminal. It's warm in the winter, cool in the summer. So, Want more information? Check us out at hartt-trans.com or call me, D, directly at 207-755-0514.